and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 200. 200. Yay! On November 22nd, 27th, it's, okay, in our, in our, in our thing it says November 27th, so that's why, yeah. okay, yeah. getting us off to a rollicking start, uh, I'm hosting today, I'm Allison, joined by Pat. Hello. And joined by Alex. Rollicking is a word? Yeah. I was thinking of, I was like, oh, is that like frolicking? No. Yeah, rollicking is, is like, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. That's, I don't know words of good, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about this because I, I'm hosting, so I'm, I'm allowing myself to do this, but I've been really into crossword puzzles lately, and uh, honestly, big same. <laughs> <laughs> Big same. There are like times where I, I don't know words. Uh, on Thanksgiving, I went over to my parents, my parents, and I was like, "What is this word?" And I like read the clue, and my grandma was like, "Oh, it's that." And I'm like, "What?" So, anyways, <laughs> I love it even better because the audio version doesn't get your just like exasperated this expression. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- that was very. That was a little too visual for <laughs> for this, but I was just exasperated by. Uh, I'm exasperated by the crossword puzzles right now, so that's my that's my my take. I mean, I love them. I love them, but I'm well, exasperated. It's funny when we were don't. This is not meant as a like. Um, you made me want to play them less at all. But when we all started sharing crossword uh, results, I was like, ah. Oh, I did the Tuesday puzzle and it only took me 40 minutes. And then you'd be like, I just finished the Tuesday puzzle. And it would say like nine minutes on your time. And I was like, what? what? I'm <laughs> I sorry. Doing. I don't want to yeah. like make you avoid doing puzzles. No, I, I, I just do. like them a lot. No, I, I get it. I, I, I'm impressed. I, I do think, I, I, I think you're correct in that crossword puzzles are more about, the puzzle than the trivia. However, oh, absolutely, I do think that your Jeopardy consumption has led you to have a much higher general amount of like knowledge about stuff, and maybe there's th- a that lot makes of it, crossover. Yeah, with Jeopardy and, maybe, and crosswords. Maybe that like, makes it feel like it. The trivia matters less than it does to mere mortals. <laughs> Well, it's also, well, also, I feel like they have a similar style to their wordplay. So you see, like, uh, like a thing in a crossword where it's like, oh, this is a mild, mild pun to make you have a, a nice chortle. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's the same way that they would do it on Jeopardy. Um, so so there are a couple of times where where I've gotten some pretty big ones well, because I'm like. I, I can like sniff out how the wordplay is gonna go. So, yeah, exactly. There's some that like I just I laugh <laughs> at them when I get them, and it's like Europeans, literally eight letters, and I'm like, I don't what? Oh, what was the, there? There's been a couple of them recently that have been very very fun. Yeah, and I mean fun, and I'm like I I just see that, and I'm like, ooh, this is this is funny. Like uh, ID checker, it says. ID checkers, but it was actually id checkers because it's super egos. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, that is a polite chortle. There um, are a few times in the last few weeks. I don't do them every day, but I do them usually once or twice a week at least. Uh, where the it has, it's been a like, okay, 
Sure. The answer is tied to the clue if you are just kind of skimming the surface. But if you actually know about the subject, the 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 answer kind of isn't it's more complicated. And I just want to like email the crossword writer and be like, okay, look, like you I I get it. I get how you got here. But this but is technically nuanced. not really yeah, you're not <laughs> this isn't really correct. So the puzzle's oh. kind of wrong because your answer doesn't really line up with the question like you think it does. Uh, I can't right. even remember off the top of my head what one of them was, but I, I did have a moment. I think it was a car thing. And I was like, that's not of really... Of course that's what it is. It's not really the right answer. Uh, Yesterday, I didn't finish that puzzle, but I got very, very sidetracked because one of them was Emperor's Order in Star Wars. And I was positive <laughs> it was a do it and i was like no, it's 66 I so hopeful it ended up being sith like sith order but i was like oh, oh God right stupid and i'm like but i but i was like i was like it, it was four letters and i was like oh are you gonna put a meme in there are you, are you gonna say do it because occasionally Sad. occasionally both jeopardy and crosswords have like a meme or something like out of left field. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like one, one, uh, recent crossword had like, it was like slang an attractive man in like modern slang. And I was like, it ended up being zaddy. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, excuse me. The New York Times crossword puzzle. Like, I I like that they're trying to be like, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of discourse about it, about like making the crosswords less like, you know, this is what a rich, this is what an affluent white person would like. Like, so, you know, there's been a lot of discourse of that, but I was like, of doing that, I was not expecting yeah it's like oh and then you you that crosses with the dow jones right exactly and you're just like what uh and then in jeopardy this week they had a reference to uh the batman v superman martha and it made me laugh for a stupid amount of time yeah Um, that's funny because occasionally they'll like throw in something like that and it'll just make me Laugh. Anyways, this is the Allison's <laughs> trivia and crossword. I, oh, that's corner. Fine. I like how we're two hundred episodes in talking about Jeopardy and crosswords. Listen, <laughs> this has been this has been my uh, my amusement. Okay, and so while we're on this topic, I was going to bring it up later for my games, but I'm hosting. I can do what I want. Hell yeah. Um So you guys know what a rebus is at a crossword, right? No. Okay, so basically. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically, a rebus is any sort of crossword um, thing where you have to do something kind of unusual or fit more letters into a, a square. So, like, one that I think is pretty illustrative is earlier this week, there was a um, one where it was, like, saying something was chopped, um, which is basically, like, spread across the thing, and one of it was squeezed, and so it put lime into a single square because it was squeezed. 
And I was, it was, it was the, the theme of the thing was a recipe what? for pico de gallo. This is I, just wait, fucking. Sorry, they wait. just fucking break the rules. This is just fucking. Oh lying. yeah, wait. But, at these. Lime in a, fin- a single square. Does that mean you draw a picture of a lime? Oh, you uh, write the, the word you, lime. You write the entire word lime in, into in, the whole square. Oh, so like does I'm that looking mean, at one. Wait, so wait, so sorry. Does that mean that all four of those letters are now available in that square? So anything that crosses with it can be include any of those letters. It's like a wild card, no, including four it's letters. All it's all lime. So like oh. across, it was lime, and then down it was lime, but just using the same thing. So oh, across, okay. I forget what it was, Got but it. down was slime. Like, ball. I'm looking at one where they wanted to fit meltdown into six ladder spots, so they put LTD in one square. And then down it said Walt Disney. Just yeah. like, this is, yeah. I, I, this makes me so mad. But, okay, but <laughs> the thing that made me really mad is like, I, I also accept Arebus. Like, you guys don't. So I, how, do you, how do you spell I, this? R E B U S. It's fine. I just, you're the crossword reader, so don't. I, I accept that. However, on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was very preoccupied with my family dinner where I was like, guys, help me with this crossword. I'm going to lose my streak. And I it was like staring at it going, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I finally did the check puzzle thing. And it was, I formatted the rebus wrong. I clearly got what they were looking for. And I could have put anything, like there are multiple other options, but they did not accept the option that I put in for that formatting, which caused me to... To my downfall, and I was like, "This is a bad app." I am like, I I, I had a whole whole thing with that crossword puzzle. Like if you're gonna use these rebuses, it's got to be a really really good hint, like a really e- like this one that I'm looking at. It has four of them in it, and it's it's Ugh. it. They're all four are like a, a kind of company. So there's CO LLC Ltd and uh, Inc. And if mm. there is somewhere a thing that makes it clear that there's a rebus, there are rebuses in yeah. this puzzle that are tied to like abbreviations for different kinds of companies, then that's fine if they're very explicit that those are out there lurking around. Ain't, but if ain't. it's like four letter word for something, but then one of the squares contains four words or four letters, so it's actually seven or whatever, fuck that. That's cheating. Ain't Don't nobody cheat. want a sneaky rebus also, just popping thing, up on them. There's yeah. very specific like rule. There's very specific rules for the New York Times crossword too, where it's like Thursday and Sunday are the ones where they kind of allow that. Uh, but it's like an unspoken kind of rule, right? Where gotcha. uh, where Thursday is like kind of the weird day um, where like it's before Friday and Saturday get really hard, but it's still like. Word, so it'll but it allows some weird wordplay whereas uh friday and saturday aren't wordplay they're just fucking hard and then sunday allows like the whole it, it's all like, of it it's it's all the of worst. that because it's like well because sunday is like not the hardest day but it's like the just big and is kind of kind of like a thursday level difficulty gotcha. um so it allows for both so those both allow for it uh so that's like an unspoken thing but also, it's, I don't know, man. I was just like, if if you're gonna put one in, at least make the uh, formatting on the crossword puzzle app that I uh, that I pay money for every month 
uh, to allow me to have a very, uh, like, like, like it shows, give you some leeway, give me leeway. And like, I, I clearly showed that I knew what they were doing. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, this one was like, yeah. So on this crossword app, do you have to input the letters differently for Rebus or could you potentially put as many letters as you want in any square anywhere? You have to, you do it differently. So if you're having a Rebus, there's like a literally, um, Okay, so I have it up on my on my iPad. This is very good for the listeners, but there's yep. literally a button that says Rebus. Oh yeah, there is. There's a different input button, like but next to the enter. But you could put that in any square. Basically. Couldn't you just put that in any square? Oh, you could theoretically. Yeah. So, so, so you you don't know where the Rebuses are. It's not like it no. signposts yeah. that there are Rebuses or where they are. Is, is is there a limit to how many characters you can put in this Rebus? Could you type okay. in the entirety of War and Peace into this Rebus? Um, Okay, let me just. I don't know if that would fit in the RAM. I don't think. I don't think we need to be I'm doing QA this. on oh, this dear app. Oh God! It keeps going. <laughs> I'm sure, you can type in. Holy moly! Characters. Like I, I just, I just tested it, and I'm like, uh, keeps going. Oh okay. wow! It's just How extending the box. How many characters is that? How many characters is that? It's just an enormous crossword. <laughs> and the test gets teeny hotter. Oh my God. Uh, that's, that's funny. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I think, I think it's fine because once you get what they're going for, you're like, it, again, it's like a, a mild chuckle where you're like, oh, sure. ah, ha, ha, I see what you do because that's what being a fan of Jeopardy and the crosswords is, is like, <laughs> you don't like have belly laughs. You have, oh, ha, 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 you know, <laughs> you chortle but occasionally, you chortle occasionally and you go polite chortle. Oh my god, that is that is Jeopardy in a nutshell. It's polite chortle, but yeah. Anyways, anyways, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Oh my god, I miss him. I I miss I miss Trebek so much. And uh, but they they renamed the stage at Sony um, the um, Alex Trebek stage, and That's so cool. yeah. Uh, well, everybody clearly there just like loves him. So yeah. Anyways, uh, video games. God, Jesus Christ. It's a video game. It's in an app. It yeah. is in an app. And I am Fine. genuinely planning to bring it to Game of the Year this year. So oh, watch God. out. <laughs> crossword puzzle. Crosswords. Well, I'm going to bring chess then. So. Uh, my, my dad okay. and my sibling are trying to get me into these weird Sudokus. So watch out. That might be so, here too. I'm going to, I mean, it's, it's. People can argue for the tier list, whatever they want to to, to do. But <laughs> I would argue, you if you want to bring that, like my uncle teaches me chess game or whatever. That one, what's it? Oh man, there's a chess app that's that like, teaches you. I keep meaning to do it, Doctor Wolf. I think, yeah. Um, and if you want to bring that app to Game of the Year, I'm I support you. If you want to bring the New York Times crossword app, I support you. But if you just want to bring crosswords right <laughs> then i'm gonna maybe push back a tiny bit the uno <laughs> yeah well even uno is a more recently developed game than the crossword i believe the concept uh, of of spades and card games like i'm not gonna bring spades. basketball to game of the year <laughs> <laughs> game of the year golf 
game of the year, my afternoon walk, which is very pleasant. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> game of the year, making lunch. Oh, man. Hell yeah. Oh, man, this is going to get into... We, we we just like keep devolving this until it gets into the show review. Did you guys ever watch that? No. Oh, it's uh, I haven't watched a I, it, it's it's a show with the where the character is uh, theoretically going to review everything and uh, uh-huh. life itself. It's a very very quick quick. This uh, sounds, I think we've talked show. about this before, and actually. it devolves. Bit, but one of one of the best episodes of all t- of TV of all time is uh, divorce pancakes. Uh, uh, sorry, pancakes divorce pancakes. There we go. Um, it's very very good. Um, so, anyways. <laughs> anyways. Uh, <laughs> video games. Oh my god. Twenty minutes into this podcast. Oh god. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. This is why we don't let me host normally. Uh, Pat, you've been playing video games. There's some Marvel games. Smorgasbord of you have games. Um, I'm I'm gonna say up front. Uh-oh. I'm gonna do these quick hits really fast so I can get them cool. out of the way. One. I installed a new power supply and some more RAM this week so that I can overclock my cpu safely and hell yeah uh, to play star citizen at even higher frames <laughs> um oh yeah i found out also by from a kind player in the game that you actually want to change the graphic settings to max them out because at the lower settings they put load on the cpu and it's already a cpu intensive game so huh. what you actually want is the ver- the very high settings it loads more onto the gpu off of the CPU, that so now it's dumb. It's very <laughs> unintuitive. It's a alpha product. Uh, um, it's it's an alpha product. <laughs> when what? did it first you, launch? What do you What do you mean? Like, didn't it's, Star oh, Citizen start coming out in development like ten for, years ago? Well, it's been in development for like eight years. Yeah, it's been an alpha for years and years, for like four or five years. There's one star system. This game's gonna have eighty of them eventually. Like God, it's gonna come it out have, by the time we're dead. It doesn't have basic <laughs> like it. It's it's got game in it now. Like you you can do missions and get money and buy new oh, ships and stuff. Oh, you play a game. It's it's like it's 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 gamey, but yeah, no, it's like a Minecraft situation where it's it's gonna be an alpha beta for another ten years before it's August twenty ninth, twenty thirteen. That was when that's deceptive because that's when they put out the basically like the tech demo where you could walk around in a ship model there was no like functionality june it was 4th like, 2014 was the arena commander at least yeah and that was where you could just like load into an instance by yourself and shoot stuff then they added multiplayer to that then they added a persistent like world yeah. mode um but i mean so believe it or not i won't go off on a huge tangent on this the more that i'm playing it in the, the alpha, the more I'm like, actually, I find the development of this game super fascinating because they're very transparent about it, which is cool. And the developers like talk in the forums in very technical terms about the development of the game. And so it's pretty cool to follow the development. I'm I'm like getting into more <sighs> of the like back end side of it. Um, Interestingly, 
this isn't in our news, but uh, it was a big piece of news this week that Star Citizen has finally reached four hundred million dollars. Yeah, they rolled over the four hundred million dollars funding. Yep, which is yeah crazy. <laughs> my my argument that I've had multiple times since getting back into it in the last few months is like I've I'm I'm not suggesting you're doing this by the way, but I've had a few people who get like outraged at it and they're like four hundred million dollars and there's still no game, and my argument is like leave leave us alone. Like <laughs> yes. people who love people we who are, like having it fun. really like it. Yeah. Like, leave us the hell alone. I'm not going right. to like it, preach it. Like it's like, I'm not becoming like a crypto bro for star citizen, but also like, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. We still don't have a game. I don't care. Like just, 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 just let me, just let me watch development of this weird ass thing that could be like really cool someday. If you want to say $400 million is so much money that could have done so much good in the world or whatever, of course yes do you know how much money sony spent developing the ps5 yeah that could probably be put to better use by feeding the world as well like just leave us alone (laughs) well if that's the argument like yeah all money could be optimized in a different way like you know it's like yeah that's a lot of money to raise but also like you know you, you could make that argument about any sort of video game, really. Yeah. yeah. It's like, let people have their fun. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Let, uh, let me introduce you to venture capitalists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the what I what I think is neat about um, Star Citizen is that they're and their way they crowdfund or whatever is, the, is that they're very transparent, again, about the development of the game. There was a period where they were less transparent. People got real mad and and were like, yo, if you're not going to put the game out, we at least need to know what's going on. And then they kind of reworked their whole like communications flow. And now you can like look at, you can find out what like individual programmers did last week if you want to, um, which is, you know, hopefully not too big of a strain on the people who work there, but it's uh, probably not. There's a pretty positive, from what I've observed, there's a pretty positive relationship, too, between people playing and the developers. Like, there's not this, like, there are plenty of players who are disgruntled and irritated all the time, but there's very little, like, flaming of specific people, even though you can, like, literally track individual developers' activities on the um, message boards and, like, on the dev tracker and stuff. But anyway, um that game running at high frames with all the visuals cranked up looks like I posted a screenshot on Twitter that was just like, I can't stop looking at it. Like I made it my desktop background because it it just like blows my mind that a video game looked like that. And that like I flew around a planet and then approached and I could see the city from orbit. And then I flew right down into the city and landed on a rooftop there to deliver a fucking like pizza or something. And did it all with no load screens. The like clouds in the screenshot are like volumetric clouds that exist in the atmosphere and that spawn rain and other weather and stuff. Like it's pretty fucking sick. And it's, I can be patient because it's like what they originally promised with that game was like a slightly more involved freelancer. Um, and, and yes, there was feature creep. Yes, it got crazy. But now the stuff that's in this one solar system of this game is like so much more deep and immersive than their original promise. So it's like kind of worth it to me. Um, and I just hope that they are able to like 
continue to – there's a period there where they're funding, despite the crazy numbers, their cash flow was not great. <laughs> and hmm. uh, they had to have some inside, outside investors come in. As to my understanding, that was around the time that the investors came in, but they were basically like to Chris Roberts, okay, we want this to happen too, but you got to let your team do the work and stop putting your fingers in it. (laughs) Cause it's like every six months, Chris Roberts comes up with a new idea and they have to scrap a bunch of shit and rework a bunch of shit. And that had to stop. So anyway, um, cool game i'm excited to continue to keep up with the updates next the big one that's coming next early next year is they're finally introducing server meshing so right now you just like it's like a battlefield server you connect to the game and it finds you a server to play on and it's like 50 player cap for the server and next year they're going to be introducing meshing so it's more like an mmo where there's a mega server and then smaller partition servers that represent like your ship and stations and planets and areas and stuff um so it should be interesting to see how that is implemented. There's some really cool tech stuff that a, one of their network engineers was talking about and doing a really good job breaking it down for people like me who kind of barely understand how something like that would work. Uh, so it's cool. Um, mostly, though, I just like that screenshot a lot. And um, now that game is like my background. Anytime I need a new desktop background, I'm just going to go in the game and go somewhere cool looking <laughs> and take a picture. Uh I also have here that Halo continues to rip. Um, that game, your ability to do okay in Halo is directly proportionate to how much fun you're having. <laughs> but I'm getting my Halo legs back and able to not have games where I go like 2 and 12 like I was for a few days there. Are and you you're playing on PC though, right? Yeah. Are you playing with mouse uh, and keyboard? I am, yeah. Uh... I guess like pros are playing with controller. I hate shooters on controller. I can't can't get into it at all. I played some of Halo One um, this week as well to so I was toying around with playing through them before I play the Halo Infinite campaign. Um, and Halo One, largely a great game. Couple of real shitty levels, and boy, do I I can't the sniper or the especially the sniper, but any of the weapons on controller, it's not very fun for me to aim them. I'm gonna probably play. If I keep playing them, I'm going to probably play them on PC in the Master Chief Collection. Um, Because, ugh. Uh, But, um, yep, Halo good, especially with friends, especially when you're doing okay. They have this Fiesta mode in right now, which is you spawn with two random weapons and then it's Slayer. It's very fun. Um, And I played one game with that new Battlefield patch. felt really frustrating to me. I don't know. Balance felt, like, way off. I kind of liked how it was at launch. And... um, it feels like the guns are way more accurate now, which means that you basically spawn and are killed instantly in a lot of places, um, which. Interesting, because reading their notes, it sounded like they were trying to curb that. I, I haven't had yeah. a chance to play it yet. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I the, It could be that I, I played one game, right? So it could just be that I was misperceiving things, but um, I felt, and it also could be that now people have played for, um a week and a half and they have really good attachments or something um and that that's why but there were multiple times where it felt like i had kind of properly engaged an enemy and i laid down fire on them would hit them a couple of times and go okay i can approach and like try to finish them and i would get shot maybe twice uh and and die 
um, and it felt like I had no chance. So that was pretty frustrating. Um, had one yeah. good run in a tank. I think the biggest frustration I have with that game at this point is they really need to figure out how to balance the anti-air rockets in that game because if you spawn in a helicopter, there are very good odds that there's you just can't participate um, because everyone can have an anti-air rocket. So if you're yep. like assaulting the skyscraper on hourglass, of course mm-hmm. you're going to take an anti-air rocket. There's no functional yep. reason to take any other piece of equipment. And so if you get a helicopter anywhere near it, you'll be locked onto by like five or six anti-air rockets and there's yep. you're dead. Um, yep. And, and if they stagger, if they stagger them even slightly, then yep. <laughs> like your flare um, only helps one of those. And that's kind of poor, I think. So I think they should come up with, and that can happen on multiple different maps. It doesn't matter how good you are at flying because the rockets don't really miss. Yeah. Ever. There's no <laughs> yeah. way to dodge them. So I think they need to rework how that stuff works to a degree. But, uh, but you know, that game is going to be patched and iterated on for a long time. And I still have generally have fun. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to playing more of that this weekend. I, I think uh, they're the first week of a game like that is always the best week in my opinion, because it's before any kind of meta has settled. And they talked about right. this on the most recent bread radio, actually with regards to like call of the latest call of duties and stuff like that, how it's always like the best before everyone is using the exact same uh, loadouts and all that kind of stuff because because people are just still figuring it out and they're still figuring out like oh what's on this map like what's the best uh, routes to take you know like all this kind of stuff when that stuff is still just in the air and not solved that's the best time to play those games and it still feels like battlefield is that way other than the fact that everyone uses the pp Um, well they don't now because the new because it got it did get it did get nerfed yeah yeah but like for a uh, for a while everybody was using the pp you, you yep. know what i'm saying allison yep <laughs> i'm like i don't even know if i want to uh it's just a gun it's a gun <laughs> called yeah. the ppb's on i don't remember what uh, they call it in in i have never played a halo so oh this, oh, this is, is battlefield. battlefield oh fuck <laughs> no Halo's just good halo has very little halo needs more maps otherwise halo needs more maps and the ravager sucks otherwise Halo's good one really funny thing that i don't see people talking about everybody complained about the rate of progression in the halo battle pass uh-huh. if you recall. oh yeah you you complained about the rate of progression in the halo battle at pass first as well. yeah yeah i did um but it's it's not that bad i was wrong and people complaining about it largely were wrong um and uh the funniest thing about it is they people were like, you don't get XP for just playing games. And that's not really true. At launch, you would receive 100 experience points for your first match of the day and then 100 experience points for every two games that you play. Okay. They changed it. And they, and you could do that 24 times or 12 times. You could get the every two games daily. There was a limit, but if but you had to play 25 games before it stopped giving you XP per game, basically. Okay. Everybody complained. They changed that daily to now just giving you 50 XP per game all the time. So you actually get less XP from it because you don't get the 100 XP for your first match of the day anymore. You just get 50 per game forever, uh, which is very funny to me. And everyone was like, see, they fixed it already. And it's like, no, they made it worse. (laughs) Uh, But um, it's also fine. They clearly part of the reason that they were like everybody chill was because they put out the event challenges this week which give you extra weekly challenges and those apply experience points to your event pass, 
which is a free thing. You cannot spend money on it. And also to your battle pass. So just generally challenges are easier to complete during event weeks. It's clear that there's a whole like experience curve built into the way that the seasons and playlists are put together, but that it took more than a week for people to see that. But of course, because it's 2020 fucking one and it's the internet, everyone spent 12 minutes looking at the screen and then went, Oh my God, this is a nightmare. Yeah. With their sisters. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, that's what I was going for. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) anyway, um, those games good. Um, the two main things I did this week that are newer. Um, first I finally played Marvel champions with some people. That's this card game that I talked about game. Yeah. Like two years ago. Um, that game is, uh, exceptionally good. I had always kind of enjoyed it as a solo game, but man, when you play with other people, it's basically kind of, what Pat? I can tell you definitively. We talked about it on episode ninety-four, which was one nut November. There you go. Yeah. So two Novembers ago. I, that sounds like it would have yeah, been 2019. Yeah. Um. Obviously, with COVID and stuff, I didn't really have a chance to play that game with people at all in twenty twenty. I finally have a regular play group that's going to be meeting every two weeks. Kind of wish it was every week. Um. At this point, but uh. The thing that's so cool about this game, so like if, brief refresher, it's a card game, it's a living card game. So you buy um, the core set and then you can buy hero packs. So if you want to play as Thor, the core set comes with Black Panther and Captain Marvel and She-Hulk and Spider-Man and Iron Man. Um, if you want to play as Captain America, there's a hero pack for him. If you want to play the um, against, then you, you're playing against sort of an AI villain. Um if you want to play against uh green goblin, there's a pack for that. Um, but there's no random packs like there are for trading card mm. games. Everything is predetermined. So you know exactly what you're going to get in every single hero pack and all of the expansions that they have for it. Um, and the concept of the game is you are playing as a Marvel hero and you can play with up to four people four or five. I think it's four, four people, uh, teaming up against this, this, these villain scenarios. So, um, They've gotten so creative. Like the in this pack that I that we played is old. It's from like 2020, I think, but I hadn't played it much. I'd tried it, but never with other people, obviously. Um, we played against Kang the Conqueror. Kang is like an Avengers villain. He's pretty fun uh in comics. I think they're gonna do him in the MCU fairly soon. Um he is a like time travel guy. So one of the things that this scenario, the way it plays out is you're all fighting him kind of like a normal scenario. And then when you get to the second stage of combat against him, he splits you off into your own single solitaire games. (laughs) So like we had three people I was playing as war machine, which is a new pack that came out. Um, One of my friends was playing as Drax from guardians of the galaxy. And then my other friend was playing as Ant-Man and we got to this stage where we were split out and then in our own single solitaire games with a version of Kang that we had to fight. And we like couldn't help each other. We had to deal with this on our own. And everyone's like playing their turns and the villain turns solitaire in separate game instances. And then once you finish yours, you can choose to go to somebody else's to help them. Um, 
and you're still making sure everybody's like taking their turns so that it's not like it's a real time where you're just playing as fast as you can or anything. You can still take your time. Um, but it was so inventive. We ended up losing. Um, hmm. But it was after we finished that part. And part of the reason that we lost is because we focused so hard on taking out the villains. We didn't focus that much on not bringing their like side schemes that can come out with them. So then we were overwhelmed with a bunch of basically modifiers to the scenario that we hadn't dealt with that made it really hard to complete it in the end. But it was so much fun. And even though we lost, we came away with this like I it, I felt like it was I feel like it was almost like a wow raid or something where now we know some of more of the mechanics of this deck that we were playing against and we can rework our decks to better mitigate the stuff that comes out and becomes a problem. Uh, it was really, really, really cool to see in a harder, more strange scenario. Like I immediately went home and started working on a Spider-Man deck and I played like three or four games yesterday by myself um, to, to test it out some. Um, and I'm really excited to keep playing it because I went so far, I bought the expensive Spider-Man sleeves so that I could have Spider-Man art sleeves on my cards for the next time <laughs> that we play. Uh, it was a, it's really, really fun. Highly, highly recommend it to anybody who's looking it, for a good card game. Kind of. It almost sounds like it's got some DNA shared with something like Spirit Island. Like, is it the kind of game that you could play solo if you so desired kind of like Spirit Island in that way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had been playing it solo yeah. um, primarily. And you can play it solo by playing one character or by playing two characters yourself. Um, sort of like in Spirit Island, you can do the same thing. You could play the you could play two boards. Um, also, like in Spirit Island, the and, and I think the big point of, of commonality between them is when you play... Like, let's take Arkham Horror, which is one of my favorite co-op games ever. Um, I love Arkham Horror. Great, phenomenal game. So nothing I'm about to say is to suggest that I think it's anything but great. But the characters in Arkham Horror, they're asymmetric, but they basically have, like, slightly different stats. And they'll have, like, an ability that they get that makes, that differentiates them. Mm -hmm. And those matter a lot in that game, and they can have a big impact on it. But, like, in... Marvel Champions, and this is the thing that's similar to Spirit Island, the the way we were playing, I was playing War Machine, he has an ammo mechanic where you have to reload his ammo resources every now and then in order to play his big damage cards. Um, my friend who was playing Drax, Drax has to take damage in order to build up a certain resource that gives him bonuses to his attack when he does his basic attacks. So most right. of his cards are played around getting the enemy to attack him to get more damage up. Um, and then Ant-Man literally can switch between three different, normally you can switch between your hero's alter ego, so like Peter Parker, and then the hero side, so like Spider-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp as well, because Wasp is also one of the characters you can play as, his hero card, their hero cards, unfold. So there's like Scott Lang side, you can flip it over and there's tiny Ant-Man. And then if you unfold the card, it turns into big Ant-Man. That's good. So he's like clever. managing three different states. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Excuse me. So the point being, each of these characters plays vastly differently from other ones. Occasionally, there's a little bit of overlap in mechanics, especially some of the earlier characters. They're before they got kind of wild with some of the concepts. Mm. But like there's even things like... um in the game, 
sort of like magic, but not really. When you build a deck in Marvel Champions, you pick a hero, and then they come with 15 cards that you have to include in your deck. And then you have to get up to 40 cards by taking basic cards and by picking one aspect, which is what they're called, kind of like a class. So there's aggression, protection, leadership, and justice. And each of those four colors and is what they would be called in magic kind of are good at doing different things um and so i play spider-man and i chose justice as as the the aspect i wanted to use so all i can include in my deck is i have to include the 15 base spider-man cards then i can include as many basic gray cards as i want and then i can include as many justice cards as i want and justice tends to be good at mitigating um the sort of timer villains have damage they do to you and then they also have schemes where they're placing threat is what it's called and if it threats out then you lose the game um and also it'll often introduce other nasty mechanics so justice is really good at mitigating threat so my spider-man deck is built around threat mitigation while i build up the perfect combo hand to deal enough damage to take the villain out in like one swing um so anyway the newest champion, well, one of the newest, is Adam Warlock. His whole thing is he has to use all four of those aspects, and he has to use an equal number of cards from each one. So he gets his 15 base hero cards, and then with your remaining minimum of 25 up to 35 cards, you have to take a equal number of them, have to be each of these different aspects. So anyway, the point is that the characters are very unique and have very specific concepts behind them, similar to in Spirit Island, where each spirit is like, it's almost like a cooperative MOBA um, because each spirit has such a unique kit that it's almost like you're playing something like a Dota where you really have to take the time to understand how the character works in order to play them at a higher level. Um, And... um, not to suggest that I think Marvel Champions is better than Spirit Island because I, I don't really, I'm at the point where I can't really even make those kind of comparisons. They're both fantastic games. Um, but uh, what I what I find interesting about Champions as opposed to Spirit Island is there is that whole deck building element. So like, yes, it's expensive to get all the stuff at this point. I've just been collecting everything since it came out because that leads to like a $15 purchase every month or two rather than now where you'd have to spend like multiple hundreds of dollars to get everything at once. Um, But I have a toolbox that's like five binders deep of cards that I can reach for to, to make decks, which is fun. Like the Spider-Man deck I made has stuff from like the newest packs in it. Um, So yeah. And they have like 27 heroes now and something like, 20 or so different villain scenarios you can play. Um, and it's, uh, I'm really excited to keep playing it every couple weeks with people because it's just like, just so, so much fun uh, to, cool. to play and, and check stuff, try stuff out. And also don't be discouraged either. If you think it sounds interesting, I'd recommend picking up a core set and trying it out. Like just cause there's a lot of cards. It's one of the best parts about it is since it's not competitive, like magic, the gathering, you don't have to worry about the meta at all. Like, like the we were talking in like Drax is kind of like a a better version of Hulk in some ways. Like they have very similar mechanics and Drax feels more powerful. But if you want to play as Hulk, just play as Hulk. There's nothing stopping you from just just because Drax is maybe better. It's a cooperative game. So who cares? If you want to play the character that you find more interesting, 
and b focused on building a deck around them, then you could do it and you don't have to feel like you're at some kind of disadvantage against other players because you don't play against other players. So I think it's it works really well in that regard and it's way less stressful than a competitive game because it's not like you spend you have to spend a shitload of money and tons of time practicing a deck and then go show up at the tournament and go oh no it's not very good now i have to sit here for like four hours and play this deck i made that sucks you can instead sit down with your friends and go oh my deck's not very good we lost pretty fast but i'll try playing the starter deck for this other character this time and stuff so very good game uh and definitely recommend it to people it won third place i think in board game geeks like solitaire user choice solitaire awards right behind spirit island was number one and i forget what was number two um but uh very good showing for it there uh pretty cool but all that as i was putting away and sleeving and and putting in binders all these guardians of the galaxy characters that came out since i was last paying attention so i had them all in their boxes still um i was like man you know i think i want to hang out with the guardians some was very much like why would i ever want to play this guardians game and then all of a sudden i got the urge to to like chill with the guardians but i didn't want to have to deal with listening to chris pratt play star lord so i didn't really want to watch the movies again uh and fair enough um not as sam and i discussed earlier this week not because i think not just because i think chris pratt's an asshole but also because i just don't like him in those movies at all yeah. it's so exhausting i know uh, um so I decided to check out that Guardians game because it was on sale for Black Friday weekend. Um, it was like 33% off, and so why not? And that game seems really good. I'm glad Ooh, that I decided to check it out. That's uh, the combat in it is kind of whatever. Like, it's not particularly, not like crazy deep or anything. The heroes, all the other characters all do like a little, little powers in combat that are fun. Most of the time you're holding the tra right trigger down to shoot enemies as Star-Lord and you're dodging with like a circle button. And when the uh, heat meters on his element guns fill up, you're doing like an active reload to be able to keep shooting. It's just engaging enough to keep you like having fun and the fights look fun. So you you want to go from fight to fight. But the thing that's that I'm really excited about with it is they just did a great job with the characters, I think. Um, to some degree, they're almost like... I don't want to say they're better than the movie cast because that's pretty big words. Uh, Cause as much as I dislike star Lord in the movies, the rest of the cast is really, really good. Um, but they clearly took a lot of inspiration from the movie casting and they did a really good job. I think uh, sort of putting their own twist on it. The game like starts out and your first person view of, of star Lord sitting in his bed when he's 13 back on earth in the basement and he's listening to a cassette from like a eighties metal band called star Lord, which is, they did like a whole album uh, that you can listen to it, the whole album on this cassette in this gameplay sequence without like, before you like leave the room, it gives you the power to leave the room whenever you want. And you can like fast forward through the songs as much as you want. And there's a little lyric booklet on the bed that you can look at and it matches the lyrics correctly and so you can just listen to this entire like almost maiden-esque fake metal album from start to finish uh 
And it just that kind of like attention to detail and tone sticks with the game into the the parts where you're actually like on the Milano and you can change all those songs are on the jukebox in the Milano along with like arguably the one of the best greatest hits lists of 80 songs. They picked so much better music for this game than they did in the movies. Not to say that the movies have bad music in them, but like this game has even better choices. Uh, and the way the characters interact is really fun. You get um, numerous moments in levels and when you're doing stuff on the ship between levels where you can pick different dialogue choices, but it's like just between two and they're really fun choices. They've done a really great job in what I've played so far of not making it feel like it's like Paragon and Renegade. It's not that at all. It'll be like, like there's a section in the first level where Rocket is like, look, this part of this, this ship wreckage we're standing on is totally stable. And he jumps up and down and then that causes the whole thing to fall apart. And Groot has to rescue him and all this stuff. And there's a big action sequence where you're platforming and things. And afterwards, Gamora calls from the ship and it's like, what happened? And you can either be like, Rocket's a dumbass, or you can be like, oh, you know, just like ship wreckage settling. It's, you know, nothing. We don't know what happened. And you can like, <laughs> you can like back Rocket up or you can, you can call him out on it and stuff. And those moments are, are really fun. Uh, and the dialogue feels like you feel like you're very much participating, I think, by making the choices and how to, how to communicate. So um, it's really fun. I'm looking forward to playing playing through it. It also, I think it hit at the perfect time for me because between the Halo battle pass, my initial feelings of it going slow, and this fucking Forza thing that I had never even really thought about with Horizon 4 where like there's just cars in that game. If you're not playing that game for like five to ten hours per week, you're never going to get every car, basically. Mm. Um, because there's like seasonal cars that you can buy them on the auction house. They're not necessarily that expensive but it relies on there being auctions up for them and they can get insanely expensive otherwise like if you miss the delorean the game the first week the game came out there you you can if you see it on the auction house you can grab it you can't get it again probably for another six eight months at least and i think that fucking sucks (laughs) like i think that is terrible that like i just was had a couple hours where i sat around not wanting to play anything because i was like man video games are trash why can't i just have a video game where i can just unlock the cars like why does it have to be this like this needs to be your part-time job in order to see what this game has to offer and to get cars you really like uh and so guardians is a nice change of pace where it's like and then i also simultaneously got really frustrated about this like not that i'm picking on jeff grubb but the like Halo is like Breath of the Wild. And I know that if you read the article, he means something else. I get it, et cetera, et cetera. But I came away from it like not everything needs to be an open world game with daily challenges. I'm so right. fucking tired of that stuff. And so Guardians is is hitting a nice spot of like there are no daily challenges in this game. And it is not some bullshit shoehorned in open world. It's just a fun action adventure game that has a beginning, middle, and end. And then it'll be done and I'll be happy to have played it. Uh, and it's nice to see that. And it makes me really wish I wouldn't, I, I hate the idea of studios that don't care getting Marvel games shoved in their face to make, but I would love to see like an Ant-Man game with this kind of structure or, um, 
like even like an X-Men game. Like there's so many different Marvel properties I would love to see in video games without needing it being a big open world, which is a big mm-hmm. 180 for me because I used to think that was like the way you had to do superhero stuff. But I'm seeing now that game is kind of showing that like, no, there's a lot of room in Marvel's catalog to make fun 12 hour action adventure games that go from start to finish. Um, and I hope that they do that. Cool. Yeah, no, that sounds really good. And I'm definitely considering getting that at some point because yeah, that, that sounds, that sounds fun. And and I, I definitely agree that, you know, there is more than just, you know, that kind of setup. Yeah. I think if you go in with sort of metered expectations and understand the combat is not some huge revelation. Uh, right. Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you going into it, um, the way you went into it is kind of the way that I would go into it where it's like, I just want to hang out with these, yeah. these fun characters that I enjoy. And I like, think it's great for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, that that's good to know because when I see like a, uh, yeah, like, Oh, a guardians of the galaxy game. It's like, I just want to be able to hang out with these characters, have some fun, yeah. have some, some fun, amusing hijinks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, that sounds really cool. So I'm chortles. I'm definitely gonna keep that on. What? Huh? Your chortles, just like oh, just like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Like yeah. crossword. Miles chortles actually, and go. <laughs> I laughed hard out loud a couple of times. Yeah. I don't even remember what the joke was, but there were a couple of times last night where I like absolutely cracked up laughing because I I thought the writing was so funny. Um, Drax has this thing where he's like, I mean, just like in the movies, he's like convinced that that Gamora is going to betray them. So he's just like constantly like explaining that he's keeping an eye on her and stuff. And Peter's like, uh, just chill out, man. And there's lots of them arguing about it in some very funny ways. Uh, and Rocket and Groot's relationship is very endearing and funny. Oh, that's uh, good. Groot does the, all he says is I am Groot thing. Uh, and it's it's cute. That, is, that sounds cute. Nifty. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and definitely something that I'm now I've, I've, I'm interested in. And uh, especially since I've, I've been watching a couple Marvel things recently and in that vibe. Uh, Alex, do you want to Hi. save your fun activities for later or do that? Yeah, now? sure. We can do that like right before news or something. OK, cool. But you've also been playing some games that have some tech stuff. Yeah, we can talk about stuff uh, pretty quick. I don't need to talk about any of it too long. Let's start with a game. Pat, you've also played this game. Um, this is one called Wildermyth. Yeah. yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I'm, I don't know, three, uh, two or three hours in. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at it. And it's interesting. Um, I don't know if I'm in love with it yet. I'm still going to stick with it. Uh, but I think it is... It is interesting. It's kind of, yeah. it, when it comes to the gameplay part, it's basically kind of like a really light XCOM, uh, but, or like a tactics game or, you know, uh, any of those kinds of things where you're basically in an isometric world and you're on a grid and you're moving your party al- around and they have various abilities where, um, like I have a character who's an archer i have a character who's got a pitchfork and i've got a character who's got uh, a wizard staff basically who can uh 
take over props on the on the play field and play props being like a barrel or a chandelier or you know a bookcase or whatever and he can just like kind of take them over and do various actions with them so like it's it's got some clever mechanics going on and i feel like um you, when you get new party members you're you're just kind of rolling them for random weird kind of classes they can have and then mm-hmm. all those classes individually have just interesting um mechanics going on yep have you encountered any particularly bonkers or weird mechanics no not really i i think that the the value to me in that game is less in the combat sections which are fine um and more in the way that the story develops over time like it's such a it's so much about sort of weaving a narrative through player choice but in a very different way than most games that purport to do that do uh that i think then seeing how those choices like i didn't i haven't ever had any like really wild um combinations of class and stuff but like at one point i so i decided to like pick up this put have a character put this like mask on and it made them it made them it changed a lot about how their character worked but it also fit with the narrative implications of putting the mask on um how they worked then in combat and i think that sort of it feels really good and it reminds me very much of playing tabletop games um which is kind of what the, the game's homaging to I would agree, but I would also say I've run into a couple where I've had characters undergo changes and it like none of the other party members reacted at all. And like the, it, it took about two, like you made the decision and it had about like one extra screen of like, Oh, this, this is the decision. Then it just carried on. And it was like, Oh, that felt like it had no impact at all, <laughs> which was like, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think like I arrived at, no, yeah, I arrived at some area and then some wolf God talked to our party and uh one of my party members was familiar with the wolf god by name like being like oh wait you're this wolf god that i heard of as a myth when i was a child and then i had options of like oh let this character talk to the wolf god or like pull her away from it and like all this stuff and i let her talk and it's like okay yeah you can talk and then her head became a wolf head and then that was it it was like oh now i'm a wolf and it's like okay and no one said anything no one's like wow what happened to you it, it wasn't anything I, like that. it was just suddenly she has a wolf head and no one said anything it's like okay i think well. it leans heavily on your going well of course they talked about it they didn't show it but they must have kind of talked about it and in your head kind of putting together what those conversations look like which if i think that's part of where the comparison to tabletop games lies for me because it lets you fill in i mean you have to to enjoy it i think fill in a lot of the gaps those gaps with sort of your own imagination to an extent and i think that can be frustrating for sure i what i like about it is that the storytelling is abstract enough in wildermyth that there's room for that it feels like um yeah and the gameplay itself but yeah like they will talk about like if you get to a new area because it takes time to travel to new areas they'll be like Oh, remember that encounter we had over at place and stuff like that you obviously did not participate in, but it happened in the meantime or something. And it's like, oh, right. okay, so they're still actually doing things on the way. We're just, uh, exactly. we have, and we have engagements when we have engagements for me, that style of, well, they turned their head turned into a wolf and they didn't show them reacting to it, but I 
can infer the stuff that they the the way they reacted. It's more f- effective to me than something like a Mass Effect where you see every second of the story unfold um, because I like having that sort of leeway to imagine things going different ways uh, or conversations going different ways when I'm not being explicitly told how they're functioning. Um, and then it allows me to also like in Wildermyth, you'll make choices about characters relationships. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily do an enormous amount of work. Like you're not seeing dozens and dozens of, 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 those of element of, of conversations between those two characters. It may just be like, Oh, they're friendly. And then you make a couple choices and they get a little bit closer and then they make the choice to become a couple or something. Um, and it only, you only really make like three choices along the chain, but you're kind of inferring the development of their relationship that you're not seeing when they're traveling and stuff like that. And I, I sort of like that, but, um, I don't think that that means that it's, it, it can also be, frustrating i think when it doesn't feel like it's reacting to things that you feel like it should be reacting to but then other things like oh we picked up this ring and now there's a bunch of exposition about it why aren't they talking about this other thing that seems like it's more consequential um so yeah it's interesting yeah. how they pick and choose what to highlight yeah i think um structurally it's an interesting thing and i i wouldn't mind finishing up like one scenario and then starting it over just to see how much it changes like um to see how unique every playthrough is because it seems like there is a lot of room for stuff to change and i would be interested Mm -hmm. in seeing that um i think so but like i think it's it's good um i'm not ultra in love with it but i i can see why people are like i I have some people on my friends list who have played this for like 80 90 hours and Mm -hmm. uh i don't see myself getting to that point but i'm I'm gonna try and finish like a couple scenarios and see if Uh, it can get through it yeah, I haven't played it that much. Like I've played a pretty similar amount of time to you, but um, I didn't realize it's the Steam reviews for it are wild. Yeah, they're extremely um, positive. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is like, cool. cool to overwhelmingly see. so, and I I think it's good. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'll continue with it, and then maybe have more strong feelings in the future. Sure. Uh, another video game I have. I started this a while ago and then just kind of because I played the demo beta, I, I guess demo, but before it was released, uh, it was a little game called Chicory. Uh, and Allison, you need to play Chicory with. <laughs> I I kind of fell off of it, but I, really? I need to get back to it. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't know. realize I you was, fell off. I played it for uh, like an hour or two, but I don't know why. I, I, it's, I just didn't, I just kind of stopped and didn't pick it back up but i do i do mean to uh uh play more of it basically yeah did you get to any of the boss battles yes yeah because those are interesting those are they are like especially it's a very interesting game in general yeah like it just makes a lot of strange choices that you wouldn't normally see in games in a really interesting and unique way and it's telling a really like it on the surface it seems like a kind of dumb like childish tale but as it keeps going it just gets more and more nuanced it's, especially once you start getting to those some of those boss battles and you're just like holy shit um, yeah yeah and I, I would say it's probably worth not spoiling a lot of that for people because a lot of the joy in it is being caught off guard by it 
Um, but mechanically, it's really interesting because it's if you've not seen Trickery, it's kind of a top-down-ish uh, 2D Zelda-y kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Because like you're going you're going between screens like you're yeah um and like there's dungeons and stuff like that and you're are you you're a dog right I think you're yeah you're a dog who basically yeah. um you like your uh master painter friend kind of disappeared so you pick up their paintbrush uh and this gives you the ability to kind of walk through the world and paint stuff and use your your paintbrush to kind of interact with the world and you can draw drawings everywhere with different colors and Mm -hmm. they actually persist like if you draw a big old peach in the first area and then you go and do the rest of the game and walk back to the first area that big old peach is still there so like uh it any anything you're doing there persists forever but in, in a in a cool way and yeah i think mechanically it's not like extremely complicated uh and i don't think the mechanics have that much depth but they all they all come together in a really satisfying way like um especially when you start metroidvania-ing it and start getting new abilities like you can plant these trees that you can jump off of and stuff like that like um it just it's additive in a in a fun way to where the as an entire experience it's just super positive and again the the story it's telling ends up kind of being the main driving factor and uh the story and the characters within but uh i'm actually only like an hour into this I, i'm maybe a little bit past where i got in like the demo slash beta slash whatever it was um so i don't have any that much that many new feelings uh other than i still think it's really good uh and I'm interested in seeing where it goes because yeah, cause like I still just got past that first big boss battle and that sets the stage for a lot that could, a, a lot that could happen. Yeah. So yeah. the possibility space right now, big, uh, but I've not, I've not yet jumped back into that. Yeah. I definitely need to get back into it. It's just one of those where I kind of put it down and was like, didn't feel like going back to it, but it's, it's it's really charming and it's it, there's a lot of interesting potential there so i'm interested to hear more of your thoughts and uh yeah yeah i'll try and have more to pick it up yeah more uh nuanced and better thought out thoughts once i've gotten past where i was before but we've talked about that before um speaking of things i fell off of and then jumped back into but eh, uh just this isn't on our list i'll just quick update don't let andre here so i i kind of fell off of jojo because it came a shonen and i fucking hate shonen <laughs> like like uh and i know andre loves shonen but god damn i hate shonen um where it was basically like it was really interesting and did some really cool shit and then uh at one point it's like oh we're defeating this big bad and then as big bad is dying he's like oh but now you'll have to face the others like me who are more powerful. And I'm like, Oh fuck off. This is becoming a battle shonen. God damn it. <laughs> and like, I stepped away from it for like a full week because I was so annoyed. That's, and appara- yeah, that's apparently where the fighting game stuff comes from. <laughs> yeah. But apparently after this arc, it gets better is what Cheska said. So apparently this arc is just notably battle shonen. And then after that, it gets more interesting. So anyways, did y'all want to take a tech minute? Did you want to take a minute yeah, to talk let's about do a some tech? tech? Minute. Yeah, I was going to do this. 
I was going to do this a couple weeks ago, but then it kind of got pushed aside. Um, so, uh, there's been a lot of tech. We haven't talked about just straight up tech on this podcast in a while. We used to talk about graphics cards and CPUs and all that stuff quite a bit. Um, but I have recently picked up a couple pieces of tech, um, which are interesting because I typically don't get new tech all that frequently. Like Sam is the type to get a new phone every year or less sometimes. Uh, whereas I'm more like, I hold on to this phone until it, it basically no longer functions. <laughs> so it's usually like six years, five, six years for me. I don't know how it is for y'all. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle where I, I keep a phone until like some either it's it's not great or like the battery life is just completely crashed. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, so I usually keep mine for a few good few years um, to the point where when I get a new phone, it's like, wow, phones are good now. What's nice I, having a phone. I used to change phones pretty frequently. Because I found every Android phone I had, I just like hated at least one or two things about it so much that then I would find try a different phone, and then I would find I hated things about that one so much, and then a year or two later I get another one, or a year later I get another one. But now that I have, I've had my iPhone for like two years, and it's yeah, everything I, I want. So it, yeah, it, I gotta I get go get my screen fixed. But I was just thinking about that where it's like. I, I, where, where I'm like, I was thinking, I was like, oh, should I like, you know, wait and possibly get a new phone because I've had mine for about two years too. And I'm like, I like my phone a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with mine. I'm until like, I'm really happy with mine and like, I haven't had any issues with it. So I'm just like, oh, I'll keep my, I'll, I'll go get mine fixed so I can keep my iPhone for another yeah. year. Yeah. Or two. It's at 92% battery health after two years. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Probably can get at least another two years out of it. Yeah. Like yeah. last year I, I I did try the iPhone. I had it for about a week and despised it. So I ended up returning it. But um so this uh, like I'm I guess it's been like three weeks. Yeah, three or three and a half ish weeks. I've had the Pixel Six Pro, which um it's interesting. I think it's largely good, but it has a couple crappy points to it. But I think like they kind of touted, they spent a lot of time showing it off being like, wow, look at this tensor chip. Look at all the AI stuff it's doing. Like basically kind of saying, Hey, it's not the fastest, like the fastest chip in the world, which I think they're probably doing the right thing there. I think the arms race for the fastest chips has largely not mattered for about like three or four, at least years, especially in the phone side of things. Cause like we're, we're nearing the limits of what we can do for, reasonable amounts of speed at our current wattage and stuff like that unless we start moving into like quantum computing and stuff uh or just really tiny one nanometer processes and stuff like that which is like that's at some point we're gonna we're gonna run out of stuff to do there too anyways so their chip is they're like yeah our chip isn't the fastest on the market but we do a lot of stuff with it that you can't do in other places like that's very ai focused like it's mm. live it's live translation that it does on the phone without needing the network, for example. Um, so you can hold your phone up in a conversation with someone who speaks Italian and they can just speak and then it'll translate in there and then you can respond in English and then it'll translate for them right there. Again, don't need to be on a network. And it's like, that's, that stuff's pretty cool. Or like they were showing off the, um, the picture, what are they called? The magic eraser thing where you can take a picture and if there's like a person 
like just kind of in the corner or like far away and it's like oh you have this beautiful landscape picture but there's that one person in a bright red shirt in this in these beautiful mountains you can just kind of look at the picture rub your your finger over where they are and it'll remove it from them or remove it from the picture and intelligently fill the picture uh so it looks like they you know it's basically a, like a photoshop content aware filter and it works really well and it does it all on the phone so like it doesn't have to connect to the network etc so i think just in concept that's an interesting thing to be doing to not just try and do the fastest or you know um like the gaming phones i think tend to have that issue where they're like we're the fastest phone on the market we get really hot so we need extra heat sinks so holy crap we're so powerful but like they're basically running the standard phone it's just they're running it a bit faster whereas this is trying to do new stuff and novel stuff which i think is cool um some of it's gimmicky some of it it's like you try it once and you're like huh all right and then you never touch it again um but overall i think it's a pretty good phone uh it does have some issues i think the speakers like the audio experience on it is absolutely terrible um like i think the speakers are bad i think the microphones are really inconsistent like sometimes they're okay but like i tried recording some audio like some music audio live that had just a little bit of bass in it and like the bass just completely washed over everything so that everything else sounded extremely muddy anytime any bass was present so it's like i i don't know a a pretty common use case that people use their phone for is going to concerts and you know recording what they're seeing and sending it to friends or whatever or you know recording it so they can watch it later or put it on youtube or whatever and like i imagine if you go to a concert with this thing it's gonna sound like absolute garbage which is really unfortunate and um google tends to be the type to type of company to frequently change their stuff with updates. So like, uh, the pixel two, which is what I came from, um, had a really, really terrible camera for a long time. Like, and like, like just had a bunch of weird artifacting and lens flares and stuff like that. And they addressed all of that with updates, like without having to change the hardware. And that's a good thing. So I, maybe they'll tune this, the audio stuff a little bit, but right now it's like, for the rest of the phone, which is like A tier, the audio is like F tier. So, you know, like you said, Pat, it you can have a good phone, like, and it's like you like ninety percent of it, but then there's just like the ten percent that's kind of garbage, and you're like, eh. yeah, yeah. So that's yep. the ten percent of that one that's garbage. But uh, the other tech minute thing that I picked up, and maybe I should do a full write up about it at some point, is the MacBook Pro sixteen with the M one Max chip, which is uh basically the most top of the line one you can get i've been holding off on getting a new macbook pro i I used to i don't i have strong feelings about apple as a company especially when it comes to the macbook pro um largely negative uh i had a 2011 macbook pro 15 that i used as long as it lived and then until the battery started exploding like it was literally expanding so much that the whole chassis was buckling like it basically looked like it, it just had a big tumor or something and it was no longer usable. So uh, ran that thing to the ground until it just stopped working. Um, and I'd been holding off on MacBooks for just, it seemed like they were really overpriced for what you were getting and they just weren't doing anything interesting. And there was always caveats. Like there was, you know, for a long time people didn't like what, what they call it, the, the butterfly keyboard or whatever that apparently just felt like garbage. I never actually tried one. And then 
like people hated the touch bar and like they took away all of your ports and then uh like it became dongle life and all that kind of stuff where it's just like they're always changing little things here and there that seem to make it kind of like they're trying different stuff but all the decisions seem to be kind of crappy and not actually focusing on what people wanted um and like you know the camera the the camera that's on the thing was always terrible and blah 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 but finally 2021 they announced and released the the new one using the m1 chips and it seemed like they made all of the right changes like the keyboard's better uh it has lots of ports it has an hdmi port again it has an sd card slot um the screen is like a really nice uh oled um it's just the speakers are fantastic it uses magsafe again which that was the main thing that kept me away from the previous m1s is that it, those things had two ports, two Thunderbolt ports, and uh, that's it. That's all that was on it. Um, and that included how you charged it. So if you wanted to charge, you were taking up one of your two ports and suddenly you only have one port to work with. And it's like, that's that's hard living, man. I don't care who you are. But now they brought back MagSafe, which is great. It's the thing where it's like a charger held in with a magnet. So if you trip over it, it's not going to pull your computer over and then it also has an additional three ports and HDMI and all that stuff. So it's great. Uh, and the M1 Max chip is just insane. Like it's like a 10 core CPU and then a 32 core GPU, which as a programmer who does machine learning stuff is very exciting because like they, they showed it off for content creators who do stuff like video editing in like uh, Final Cut or Premiere or whatever. Um, and it, taking render times down from like, Oh no, this 4k video that took half an hour to render on a Mac pro as in like the garbage can or cheese grater Mac pros, the big ones, the desktops, uh, now taking like five minutes to render on this thing on, on a portable computer. And largely it seems like those claims are pretty true. Like it doesn't seem like they were inflating numbers at all. It seems like it is actually that insane and it doesn't get that hot and it's just great. But yeah, for machine learning, uh, for programmers in the house, it doesn't use CUDA cores because it's not NVIDIA, so you can't actually use CUDA if you're used to using like uh, uh, TensorFlow and stuff like that, whatever. Um, in our projects, we're actually using a Golang-based uh, machine learning thing, which we can control how it um, does all this, and it's kind of awesome. It's taken some of my processes down that um, take like, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour or more to train on my local machine. Cause I have to do training on my local machine for some stuff, uh, down to like five minutes. And it's like the amount of time you save just from that, like just having stuff that usually used to take an hour or two hours down to like five minutes is insane. It means you can do so much more in a day. It's great. So, um, they finally made a really good MacBook pro again. Uh, it's actually worth it for professionals and I would recommend it to programmers now i think it's a good time it's a good one to get in on you maybe don't need the max if you're not doing like machine learning or video editing uh you can probably get away with the pro but it's solid i would say it's like a 10 out of 10 laptop probably i'd say the best one i've ever owned and I, i've had a lot of machines over the years so yeah anyways tech minute <laughs> tech minute cool sounds interesting uh, so uh since we're going to be saving your fun activities for a little bit later, I will yeah. move to mine, my game. Uh, in addition to you know playing a little bit of Pokemon here, playing a little bit of uh, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five here, 
I've probably made a big mistake if in my gaming. And 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 to be noted in our notes, all it says and under Allison is I've made a huge mistake, and then a link to Arrested Development. I've made a huge mistake compilation. So yes, yes. I downloaded and might be getting into Genshin Impact. <laughs> Oh, that's whatever. That's not a big mistake. <laughs> no, that's a good game. No, I mean, just in terms of like, ooh, this is going to take, like like playing it last yesterday, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to take some time what? and maybe money. Um. <laughs> yeah, so th- I think what I would say is that Genshin Impact is definitely one of the games that playing it for earlier this year for the chunk I played, it was it put me on my path for my current mindset of like man fuck video games because <laughs> I got fucking tired of having to do my Genshin Impact shit every day the but dailies. it's a good yeah. I think it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. Like, and and I don't know how long I'm going to be into it but it's like playing it yesterday I was like man this is a good real like video game. Yeah. Uh like I initially I, was, I initially just like downloaded it on my iPad thinking I was going to play it mobile and then I started playing it I was like this is actually a real game so I'm going to download it off of my PlayStation instead so I was playing it on PS5 yesterday um but it, it's for being a gotcha game it is surprisingly like a real game as well which yeah is it's a yeah. sad state of affairs where that's the that's a, a statement well, you could make is it, like Oh, this is a real video game, but um. the problem the problem with a lot of free to play games, in my opinion, is that they can be really predatory pretty early. Yeah, where it's like the mechanics might be okay, um, but it's immediately going to put start putting up barriers to your ability to actually engage with it. But it seems yeah. to me like Genshin doesn't do that so much. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of like, especially with a lot of free to play games or games that want you to put money into it early. Um, there's a lot of specific things like, um, like, hey, you have like an energy system, so you're only allowed to play this much before you have to either wait or put more money into it. Whereas Genshin is just like, you can play as much as you want. And like, that might be uh, a new form of not necessarily being predatory, but being money-making. It's like, because uh, I did a... Uh, um, an in-game survey because I, so I could get extra in-game currency because there are multiple in-game currencies because it is a free-to-play game. Uh, and it it's you could make this like the only game you play if you if you really wanted to. At least oh. that's the vibe that I get. A lot of people uh, do. Yeah, and 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 it specifically was like. One of the survey questions was like, "Do you still play other games other than Genshin Impact?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't need this to become my only game." I just was like, I just was like, kind of curious because I've been exploring some gotchas lately, and I was like, and I've seen a lot of a lot of good, good, good memes uh, for Genshin Impact. So I played about like three or four hours yesterday um, afternoon. And it was very enjoyable. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm again. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if what the dailies looks like. But it actually like you know plays like a, plays well and is has been a fun time for the few hours that I've put in so far. And really does not um, 
put pressure on you at all for the for the gotcha aspect of it, it which is kind it, of interesting. It's the worst. It's the same thing that with for me with Halo. I mean, Andre <laughs> didn't really agree, but it's the worst. Um, <laughs> it's the worst because it doesn't really pressure you to spend money. It's just like Hey, we have some of the best character designs in modern video okay, games. Okay, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, it, it's like insidious you know. in that way because there have been times where I've like played a gacha game and I'm like, I see what you're it's doing. It's like it's like it's like I'm, when I'm smart. I don't need that. And then and what like playing Genshin, I'm like, oh, it'd be kind of nice to have a fun character with that design. It's like I when in, in college I my friends who I thought were extremely cool were like Oh no, no, you don't have to start smoking. It's not really that cool. It's not good for you and you know, we really should quit. And then I was like, Okay, but I'm gonna do it anyway because you guys look really cool while you do it. And then it was really cool for a little while. Uh that's the <laughs> problem with Genshin Impact. Impact. Is like, like smoking. Okay. Yeah. Genshin Impact that's is like smoking. Got it. Yeah. Wait, so cool. if, if if Genshin Impact is like smoking, then what's Honkai Impact like? Like I, I don't I actually don't know if Honkai Impact's not very good. No, I don't know that much Honkai, about it honestly. Honkai Impact is like smoking really shitty cigarettes. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. It's 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 um it's basically bayonetta. It's like Genshin Impact from a like gotcha structure perspective, but the gameplay is much more like bayonetta, and I don't particularly like those kinds of games in the first place. So that's probably part of why it didn't click for me. But Genshin Impact, I think, is a much better video game it, yeah and it's just it's just i don't know why i decided to do it i was just like sitting around yesterday and i was like i kind of want to play a game and i was like what game do i want to play and for some reason i was like i should just play pick up genshin impact and just give it a shot so it's you know it, it was a very enjoyable few hours that i spent yesterday and we'll see how much more i get into it because you can get real deep into some of those genshin impact things yeah. um but you I'm know it's I would say, unlike smoking, everyone should try it, because <laughs> it takes, like, 20 minutes to download, and, uh, you know, you might like it. Um, it's, I think that there's at least, at least that first area, that first, like, 15 or whatever hours of gameplay is really fun, and, yeah, um, and has a really entertaining sort of story and stuff to get through. Um, I think my biggest struggle with that game still remains, they just cram way too many peripheral events in there there's always like four different events happening mm. it's always like well you got to go to the website and play this little puzzle game to get your entry for that for today you got to log in you got to do your normal dailies and you got to do your event quests which is going to be a bunch of fetch stuff and then also you need to do this event co-op challenge uh and also don't forget that if you aren't maximizing your playtime and using all your resin every day you're basically missing out so it's just like all that stuff compounds and it definitely starts to feel like it's a, Oh, job. I bet. And, and I, yeah. And always and the I, point I get to with that game where I have to bounce. Yeah. And that's probably where I'll end up bouncing, but I was just playing it like, yeah, playing these first few hours where I'm like, Oh, this mm-hmm. is a, this is a fun game. It's, it's a, you're, you're wandering around this beautiful area and it looks really, really nice. And the combat's pretty good. And it's like, I'm like, this is fun. I, I have to say, I am glad that I did, um end up re-downloading it but on on ps5 because i don't know how much i'd love doing it with especially since i don't have a controller for my phone or um tablet i i don't know how i'd love i'd love the touch screen i've heard people say they get used to it but i'm like do you though 
Those damn Zoomers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know if I can do the uh, um, touchscreen joystick. Uh, so, um, yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, I... We'll see how deep I get into Genshin Impact, but it's been, it's been, I had a good time with it yesterday, and uh, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways. Do you have strong uh, feelings about, uh, oh God, what's her name? Starts with a P. Uh, she's like the, Paimon, yeah. I would uh, lay down my life for Paimon. <laughs> yeah, Paimon's uh, good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also, have you seen any of the jokes yet about how um, Paimon's an emergency food source. I sure have. That continues throughout. There's <laughs> oh, now dozens awesome. of hours of story. And st- even when the last story quest I did, someone was asking about Paimon and there was a joke about Paimon being a source of sustenance in an emergency. That, and some, it's very funny every it's time. It's very funny. Well, some of the writing is like genuinely very, very charming and very, mm-hmm. yeah. and very good. And, and, and some of it is like, Okay, I did not expect that because it's like this like charming anime world. You know, it's people have made made the comparison before and they will again, but that kind of Breath of the Wildy feel of running around collecting stuff and well, and it's um, explicit in this game. Like you have a yeah. stamina meter and a glider. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like yeah, uh, but then it's like you. One of the first NPCs I met, I was like, I I was um, on the bridge into the city and the the. Pigeons flew away, and then, and the kid's like, oh, the pigeons are gone. And I'm like, oh, they'll come back. And they're like, I hope so. I hope they come back. I'm like, Dad. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, excuse me? What is this head game now? Um, but, yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed the writing and the character design and the aesthetic of it a lot so far. So it's a, it's, yeah. it's a, very, it's a very nice product that... I have yet to spend money in. I might put a little bit of a little bit of cash in there just to, you know, do a couple of pulls. But I'll um, say that the their monthly if you're gonna play for a month, their little monthly daily login pass thing is like five bucks. It's pretty Those good. are usually pretty good. Yeah, um it's it's, it's worth mean, doing if you're gonna play every day for a month or so. Right. Yeah. So I might I might try that and just, you know, enjoy and just play it pretty much daily for, for a month and see where I'm after after that month. But you know, I, I don't know if this is going to become like a daily thing for me, but I'm like, I, I'm, I'm glad I picked it or I downloaded it because, like I said, I have not put money into it yet, and it's I've had quite a bit of fun so far. So cool. it's yeah, Genshin Impact. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex. So you said Hi. that you prepared some fun things for this episode 200. Yeah. So. We have 200 episodes. Well, we have 199. We have more than 200 episodes, actually. Uh, yeah. It's complicated. <laughs> um, so, technically... This is the 200th episode. Uh, canonical gaming fix episode. Uh, yeah. Excluding uh, Game of the Years. It's excluding the Coding and Comics podcast. It's excluding the spoiler casts and other yeah. such things. Um this is the 200th gaming fix episode. <laughs> so I thought we could do some fun stuff. First, um, let's rank every one of our episodes from best to worst. Go. All right. So obviously the best episode <laughs> is. <laughs> I'm no. kidding. Um, yeah. So no. Um, so folks, 
if you're if you've made it to 200 episodes you probably know by now that i'm a programmer and also do like data science stuff so in anticipation of our 200 episode i went and did some sciencing on our data to get some kind of fun stats um so now as a quick caveat it isn't perfect and some stuff had to be extrapolated and the reason is because a lot of the preliminary data work was done off of uh tags like how we tag stuff oh we talked about genshin impact today this is gonna have the genshin impact tag uh, and also off of timestamps, so you know, being able to look at what topics we talked about and then how long we talked about them. So like, you know, that get, that adds some weight to like how important some topics are. Um, but the problem is that we didn't start doing tags until episode forty-two, uh, and we didn't have timestamps until episode eighty-seven. So um, those earlier episodes kind of get lost a little bit in the data noise uh and there's a bit of recency bias so but i did go through some of our early episodes to try and just you know scrub through them and make sure they at least got representation and you know i just kind of shoved it in there myself um but i can't also can't say i didn't listen to every episode in full because that's a lot of episodes like 80 80 something episodes is a lot of episodes and we do to talk to. for a long time on this show we'll talk about that in just a moment <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um but uh, and for what it's worth, I'm going to go through all this stuff. I'm not going to provide numbers for now because who wants to hear people reading out numbers on a podcast? If anyone's interested, message me or whatever. Let us know. Maybe I can write up an article with numbers. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'd be interested right. in that. But so let's start. Um, what do you want to talk- hear about? Do you want to talk about our most talked about studios, our most talked about series, our most talked about genres? Which one do you think first there? Most talked about studios it is. Um, yeah. Most choice. Yeah. yeah. So um, CD Projekt Red, maybe not surprisingly, is our most talked about studio between everybody enjoying The Witcher quite a bit uh, a handful of years ago and some news <laughs> that has maybe happened in the past this year or two. Most talked about studio is just going to be the shittiest studios are going to be the ones that are the most talked about. So the next most talked about studio is Square. Um, yeah. which I would say is not a particularly shady studio. We've talked about a lot of square yeah. properties. Um, I'm just going to kind of blast through these and then we can talk about any of them. If you want Sega, which mainly came from Yakuza, uh, Capcom mainly resident evil. We got Bioware. We got super giant. We got from soft. We've got the, I just kind of lumped Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo together. Um, just cause we talked about games that they have developed. And lastly, Activision blizzard. Not that they're and, last, at least. In yeah, that list. and and to yeah. be noted, uh, um, last I would, and definitely least. I, I would say for most of these stats, the first couple are probably the most important, and then after that, it's kind of like our game of the year, where you know three to X uh, is just right. you can where swap any of it. A lot of different yeah. studios. You, and a you lot can kind of swap swap yeah. them. It, they're not. Sure. It's not actually in any kind of order. But yeah, like I found it interesting that we talked so much about Bioware. It just came up a lot, and we make a lot of uh analogies to old bioware games apparently <laughs> which i think is really funny um okay so the most talked about series allison pat what do you think is our number one most talked about series oh god well it's probably either yakuza or final fantasy i would guess those are both in the top three okay it is neither is number one okay uh- So does this include include like n- number of episodes or just like how much time we've spent? 
bit of everything. The episodes, right? Oh. Yep. It's how frequently the topic has come up and how long we have talked about it is kind of a, it's a, it's a, the weight is going on with all of that in mind. How high is trails on that list? It's on there. It's not top three. Okay, and okay. I, I kind of combined yeah, I Legend figured, of Heroes that's just, and, that's and Trails. Of, yeah, because that's just, uh, that's the same thing. But I was like, it it's has on, to be on, on there. there. It's on uh, Okay, so Final Fantasy, yeah, and Yakuza, the top two, are in the top two, but not top one. Um, I could see Nier being it, too. Nier's, but, uh, Nier's yeah. on the overall list, but yeah, it's definitely not uh, top. Because Aut- Automata came out the before we started. Yeah. yeah so yeah all right God, the most talked about series stuff. uh just in terms of time versus frequency persona oh, just weird. like you can kind of kind of boil down to Shin Megami Tensei now if we wanted to but yes between talking about persona 3 portable persona 4 persona 4 golden golden persona 5 uh persona 5 strikers persona dancing all night like all like all of the funny. different persona stuff persona 5 royal and then yeah, I, yeah. yeah I feel like persona is the one of the least controversial like everybody thinks it's it's good to great nobody is like well you haven't i, I don't you like haven't gotten deep into some of those <laughs> Shin Megami tensei mainline uh only people who are like oh yeah. persona oh, oh i just mean within the cast within our cast yeah it's it's a pretty yeah, yeah. it's a pretty yeah. it's, it's fairly neutral ground yeah um, we're all kind of like yeah. yeah persona good um okay so yeah and i played the, i played a stupid amount of persona 5 royal last year so that kind of makes sense so and uh, three portable yeah it's true uh and all of us have played personas so and they take up yeah. hundreds of hours so <laughs> of course we're going to talk about them uh here's some of the other ones again just consider this unordered it's not necessarily the most or most important uh pokemon kingdom hearts destiny when they cry that being higurashi umineko etc uh legend of heroes slash trails paper mario came up quite a bit dota and league i just kind of combined them because when we talk about one we usually talk about the other star wars uh the witcher fire emblem Ropa, and the zero escape games and then warrior wear actually comes up relatively frequently so uh. um there's also just a smattering of like we do have like your eye racings and your forzas like the stuff that you've been talking about pat but like not mm-hmm. any one of them with enough frequency to make a dent so like i you can kind of combine a lot of those into one i also think one chunk also when we f- when we first started it was very much everybody just talk about whatever and now there's a much more car like there have been times when andre's been like you've brought up this game like three times in the last couple months and it's like okay i'm gonna just stop talking people are tired of hearing about (laughs) iRacing i don't need to talk about iRacing on this podcast maybe ever again probably not for months so (laughs) i think that now we're we are a little more like conscious of like you bring yeah. stuff you have stuff to talk about for it rather than are I we yeah iRacing. are we say yeah or, or we say like a quick like yep i've been playing this and anyways also yeah, the new like, thing is I, like, I, i've not been talking about Muv love every week despite the fact that i put in a few hours to exactly. it every week yeah, yeah like i put <laughs> so, in several hours of pokemon this week and i'm just kind of like mm, it's, it's yeah pokemon. i'm gonna continue to play halo i probably won't talk about halo for I mean, maybe yeah. because of the campaign, but but not yeah. the multiplayer for a, a, a yeah. We, while. we we used to provide pretty frequent updates, especially if we're playing long winded games. So, 
Um, yeah. We don't do that so much. All right. Which might talk- be how Persona got in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think our most talked about genres is going to be particularly surprising. Um, this one was harder to rank because I kind of had to interpolate what, like we didn't always mark down genres that we were talking about. And I just kind of had to go through some of our top stuff and say like, Oh, this was its genre sure. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so again, not in any kind of order. JRPGs are right up there. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I kind of expected that they're, they're right up there along with visual novels so um hey. because a lot of them have come up and including like you know things like uh murder by numbers and like obviously the whole loads of bullshit i play a necrobarista and things of that or, nature yeah and then yeah yeah we we've we like you play a lot of visual novels but we also like bring a lot of other yep. stuff in there like murder by numbers and i just played the Famicom Detective Club. Oh yeah, earlier this year. And- yep, uh, we talk a lot about shooters and action games. I kind of combine them, even though they are separate genres. Racing actually gets a lot because uh, we all like Forzas, also as it turns out. Um, but Pat, you bring a lot of racing, which we like to talk about. Roguelikes and roguelites get a ton because they're great. Uh, strategy games auto chess for a while uh but it was such a dense amount of conversation that it ended up kind of making a making a blip uh we got simulators and we got puzzle games so uh those tend to be our most frequently talked about but this this category i found these next two categories i found pretty interesting the most talked about discussion topics that we have for gaming so Mm -hmm. not necessarily about the games themselves but stuff surrounding the games and like the industry as a whole um any any guesses? Otherwise, I can just throw us into this. Wait, re- say the say the, say it again for me. So it's kind of discussion topics about games or about the industry. So not necessarily like I'm talking about Final Fantasy 14 today. Oh, I, no, I, we're we're talking about this subject. I would assume it's labor. Yeah, I was going to say it's like workplace information. Crunch yeah. is part of this list. This list yeah. has eight items. No, sorry, seven items. Uh, I because I had to boil it down a bit. Crunch is on there. What else are we thinking? Uh, so is crunch in workplace conditions kind of like mushed yeah. together, or is yeah. it okay? Like labor practices, etc. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The, then the number one, and I don't know. This feels like kind of a cop out, but indies gets talked about a lot like indie games and the indie game industry and all that kind of stuff. And then the second most talked about topic, which I think is interesting is mental health. We end up talking about that quite a bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like between games that focus on it, between the impact it has on the industry and just impact it has on people, especially during pandemic times that comes up a lot. Uh, Other topics, LGBTQ issues, and games and you know things of that nature crunch slash workplace issues uh gdq (laughs) has come up quite a bit yeah Uh, todd howard has come up (laughs) a lot and this one surprised me but i think it mainly came from some ad hoc conversations norting From the Kingdom Hearts series specifically, Nording nice. has come up on multiple, multiple I, occasions. I love how this list goes from like mental health, LGBT, <laughs> Todd Howard, Nording. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you gotta face your fears. Yeah, okay. Just get ignored by Todd Howard. The, and this to- <laughs> this one 
we have we have more stuff to go through. I have lots of these data. I'm not yeah. going to go through absolutely everything, but this one I think is it made me laugh the most. So be ready. The most talked about non gaming discussion topics <laughs> that just come up with the most oh, frequency. Jesus Christ. <laughs> everything. Um... The number one makes me so happy. Anime. It's on there. Um, okay. It's not number one. As soon as I say any. it, as, as soon as I say it, you're going to know. 69420. Yes, that is number one. <laughs> the numbers yeah! 420 and 69. <laughs> this podcast sucks. You said it makes me so happy. And I was like, oh, it's got to be that. <laughs> that or pooping. That is, that is number three. <laughs> okay. Oh, not number poop, two? Poop and bodily functions ended up being number three. Anime is number two. <laughs> Oh. It should have been number two. Uh, but, you know. That's her fucking. Uh, that's her, so I feel like that's our podcast in a nutshell. Oh my god! Four twenty sixty nine anime and pooping. Um, <laughs> considering the first game that we talked about on this podcast uh, as a, a regular podcast was a dump in the dark. <laughs> oh, I think um, about I think about that sometimes. I was thinking about playing it and bringing it for today's episode. Oh, I was like, <laughs> do you, uh, do you ever just think about some of those games that we talked yeah. about in first so, episodes? And I'm like. Oh, we'll we'll get a bit of this here soon. But oh. uh, tech comes up a lot. That's kind of boring. Uh, Brendan Fraser has come up a lot. Listen, across who many love episodes. Brendan Fraser? Uh, um, coding is, comics is and movies. Sorry. Oh, Brendan no, Fraser. Is it partially because of uh, honey, Bre- Brendan Fraser from uh, Final Fantasy fourteen? No, I didn't include anything Final Fantasy okay. fourteen related for Brendan Fraser. We're just talking about Brendan Fraser okay. and like the Mummy and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I included coding comics and movies, but those have their own podcasts at this point, uh, even though they're not done as frequently. We only did one episode of Movie Fix, uh, <laughs> and then we had comics. We comic fix I haven't seen in a while, and coding fix I've had to put on hiatus for a little bit. But next, music comes up a lot. Specifically, K-pop makes a great showing here <laughs> because nice. I think yeah. pretty much everyone here listens to K-pop, and we have whole like. 20 minute segments talking about k-pop in some of the older episodes so it's pretty good uh last three books that's not too surprising Pornhub. uh, uh well up, there was yeah because because oh, we yeah. had one and then we talked about the issues with it uh yeah. and got rid of yeah. our porn hub and yeah. the last one which it barely made the list but it seemed important enough to bring up is gritty <laughs> well that's yes that's my boy yeah <laughs> gritty has come up quite a bit <laughs> which I think is hilarious. I love this. Um, so here's the one that I think is fun. Our most listened to episodes, excluding Game of the Year, because they just typically had the most concentration. So not yeah. including Game of the Year, just canonical numbered uh, gaming fix episodes. Uh, I've split this into pre-2020 and post-2020 because post-2020, we started just getting more listenership and those numbers just got inflated. Um but pre twenty twenty, I don't I don't expect you guys to remember all of the titles just offhand because there's a lot of but them. But there are some of them where it was like, uh, what was that one where it's like, I don't even know. Was there one that had involved either Wario or Luigi and Luigi's? Uh, maybe what well, that might Dingle show Dongle? up in that might show up in post twenty twenty. But oh, pre twenty okay. pre twenty twenty, we got three of them that showed up with just overwhelmingly the most. One was episode eight, which was Made in a Fix, where we talked about Made in Abyss. 
And I think the Made in Abyss community just really wanted to listen to that one or something because it has a lot of listens. Um, nice. And what else did we talk about? That this, We were actually joined by Chris Edgerton. And uh, we talked about a whole bunch of games. This was before we had tags and stuff. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Sorry. Um, one, of the, one of the next... Then this is just chronological, like, episode eight. The next is, like, the uh, episode 34, which was Gelato Artists Part 2. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if y'all remember yeah. talking about making gelato, uh, we also talked about Dead Cells, Overcooked, Death Gambit, Guacamole, Hungry Hearts, Dota 2, and Octopath Traveler. But we talked quite a bit about gelato. And I believe that came from Erica's journey to Japan, hanging out with uh, Andre and making gelato. So Making gelato, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then episode 87, which was Norman Reedus's private room. <laughs> <laughs> that was the episode title you can guess what we talked about there we also talked about star wars pinball uh plants vs zombies battle for neighborville i don't even remember that honestly uh skate monster hunter resident evil death stranding of course and just a whole bunch of other stuff so that's pre-2020 and again i'm gonna continue going here in chronological order not necessarily number of plays and i'm not including number of plays because if you want it let me know but Episode 112, and maybe this is the one you were thinking of, Wario dies in a podcast.mp3. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's I think of, that might have been it. That, that was one of our most played, and that had some great jokes in it. I still love that episode. Uh, there's a lot of just Wario jokes. We talked about Warzone. We talked about Ori, Murder by Numbers, Round Guard, which I forgot about Round Guard, uh, Neo 2, and we had a bunch of Twitter questions. But next... Reggie's Twin Pools, episode 114. Oh! Where we're talking about his big old eyes that everybody loves. Uh, and we actually had Jeff Davis on that episode. So mm-hmm. many thanks to Jeff Davis. Uh, we talked about Beastars, which I'm glad we talked about. And Doom Eternal, Stella, Animal Crossing, Nintendo, Death Stranding again, Game of Thrones Conquest, Asgard's Wrath, Black Mesa. We talked about a lot of games that week. Black Mesa, Half-Life mm-hmm. Alex. Anyways... The next one, episode 115, is our individual most played episode. Um, and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think we talked about anything particularly crazy on it. Uh, but it was the one episode titled, and I don't know how to read it out loud, f- number four, and then in brackets, F-O-U-R, number 20, in brackets, T-W-E-N-T-Y. So 4 4 20, 20. Uh, <laughs> That episode was by far our most listened to. Um and fitting it was basically when we were just deep into 2020 uh we were talking about that stupid cat girl without salad game that game sucked oh my god um, i haven't thought about, about that in forever we talked about good job we talked about oh, dog Urai, crossnick animal crossing new horizons we talked about hot dogs horseshoes and hand grenades and Mount, mountain blade 2 bannerlord uh and the resident evil 3 remake which I don't think anyone really loved. All right. And then just jumping through it. 176, the director's cut. It's relatively recent, actually. Um, I think that was the one that had Danny DeVito as an image. Um, Talked about Ami Yamato. We talked about Ratchet and Clank for a solid half an hour. Um, The Necrobarista spoiler cast had quite a bit. Mm. Uh, That was good. Because I think our good friends over there, uh, they shared it around and, you know, uh and lastly not leastly this is actually the only one out of order uh it was our second most listened to was episode 134 ejecto cito featuring one janachoa oh, yeah. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> where we were talking about this just before the podcast, Allison, um, mm-hmm. where we talked about Fast and Furious Crossroads and Cold yeah. Steel and the Peloton and Twinfold and Mixalumia and Into a Dream, which fuck, God, I hated Into a Dream. What a terrible game. Uh, Persona 5 Royal, Dragon Ball Z, Kakarot, and a whole. And we talked about Halo Infinite being delayed. We talked yep. about how, how the. Move. We talked about how there was a controller listing that might have leaked uh, this theoretical console called the Xbox Series S. Oh, who knows? Who knows if that's going to happen? Um, we talked about Blaseball. We talked about Ono leaving Capcom. Oh, no. Yeah. So anyways, we've had a variety of guests, all of whom have been awesome. Monty Velez, Jack Jozak, Jeff Davis. Victoria Tran, Janachoa, MC Fixer, Juan Chris Edgerton, Cheese, Bread, Alex Getty, and Joel from Super GG Radio, uh, Theo, who is Sam's friend, Xavier, and not credited but frequently showed up was one baby Todd Howard. Oh, baby Todd Howard. <laughs> um, all the pets. All, all the pets have meowed or purred or barked or farted in some capacity. Yeah. Um, and I just... This is the kind of the second to last section I have to talk about here. The last one I think is going to be funny. Uh, but we had our short-lived experiment where we did our monthly stuff clubs, where we started with The Vision, yeah. the comic, with Tom King and Marvel. Then I made the mistake of starting us with Made in Abyss rather than, you know, something <laughs> more approachable for people who were not degenerates like myself. Uh, we talked about Wrestle Kingdom, and then we just kind of stopped because yeah. it was a lot of time to dedicate for all of us. Uh, yeah, I, and, and that was a fun experiment. It, I think it was fun, and I'd actually be interested in bringing it back. I mean, I don't know if we necessarily need to do it. Yeah, often, but I, I, I it like I, I enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed the vision. I really enjoyed. Enjoyed as a strong word for made in abyss, but uh, <laughs> I experienced it. <laughs> I was traumatized by it, and then I that wrestle kingdom is still the only time i've ever watched wrestling wrestle kingdom a- taught me that i'm not interested in wrestling i know me too <laughs> like so i think this is the problem right is like I, I, none of us want to spend time doing stuff we don't like and yeah. I, yeah i think we found that in that experience there was a good chance to recognize that part of the reason we make for a good podcasting team is we have a very diverse set of tastes yep and yeah I don't want to do half the stuff y'all like and vice versa. Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, it was a fun experiment, but it only lasted like three months. But I just wanted to call attention to it because I imagine a lot of our listeners were not listening at the start. Also, our audio quality at the start was fucking terrible. It's gotten so much better. Listening to those old ones made me so sad. But Oh, it makes me really happy that we've improved and everything. And I really do think that we have improved over over the 200 episodes quite a bit. so. So. this yeah. is the last. This is the last bit of stats, and I think this one is kind of interesting, and it's one I've thought about a lot, but I've never put numbers to. But now we can. Time. Jesus Christ! How much? I have it broken down here um, for by year. So 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021 so far. I have it including game of the year without game of the year. I have it with spoiler casts and retrospectives included. Uh, and just the total time. Which one do you guys want? Do you want it year by year, or do you just want the total? I just kind of want. Uh, let's okay. Let's start with the total because I I, I want to have be both okay. amazed and kind of okay. feel like wow, so, I spent a lot of time on this. 
Yes. So here are total, which is just purely normal canonical numbered gaming fix episodes, yeah. not including spoiler cast and game of the year. Yeah. Any guesses? Do you want to throw out there or total amount of time we've for every for all these episodes? Correct. Not a, okay. not not including this episode. I can add two hours to it for this episode, <laughs> but this is not including this episode. Oh, I'm gonna guess around fifteen hundred hours. Oh, okay. I was gonna say like five hundred. Okay. Well, it's we're. Well, no, wait. Sorry. What am I saying? We're on episode 200. 200, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Cut mine in half. I'm going to say like 700, 700. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, you are going to be really high. No, I was probably pretty disappointed. I was doing math from 400 for some reason. So bear in mind, in our first year, a lot of episodes were like an hour, like an hour to hour 20 minutes. And then it, it wasn't until about 2020 that we started getting into the two and three hour episodes. So the total time, and this is going to be, I'm going to start in days (laughs) measured in days. And then I'll, I'll put it into hours. Okay. Okay. Thank you. uh, I have both. Um, 17 days, 11 hours, 49 minutes and 34 seconds, 17 straight days of podcasts, uh, which translates to, and I shit you not 420 hours. (laughs) That's yes we it's, did it it's actually oh. 419.95 hours but i was like come on we That's gotta really round funny. it up it's so close <laughs> it's for, literally canonical episodes 420 hours which i thought is absolutely perfect it's um <laughs> so fitting and i am so i'm like personally just so <laughs> thrilled <laughs> It couldn't have been. We did it, guys. We did it. We did it. Um, If you include spoiler casts and game of the year, that comes 445 hours. Uh, So that's 18 days, 12 hours, 34 minutes, 27 seconds. Uh, Game of the year total, you can probably kind of extrapolate it from that, was a day worth of podcasts, 44 minutes, 30 or 53 seconds. And here we go. This is funny. Um, 2018, three days, 19 hours, 19 minutes, 19 seconds, 19, 19, 19. Which I think is funny, but it is what it is. Uh, then we got 2019, which is actually less. Three days, oh. 14 hours versus three days and 19 hours. Uh, 2020, five days and <laughs> 13 hours. So a solid two extra days we did in 2020. And 2021 so far, four days and 12 hours. So we're not going to quite hit 2020 numbers if we extrapolate here. But uh We've done a lot of podcasting, y'all. 420 hours ain't nothing to shake a stick Oh, I am so happy. (laughs) This is like, oh, you couldn't couldn't plan that better. And I have to add that to my stats of the numbers 420 and 69. (laughs) All right. Oh, my God. It's happy. happy, That's very funny. Happy 200 episodes, everybody. Yes. Thank you for doing the investigative work to secure those statistics for us. Yeah, uh, some of them Very again. Fun. Some of them are fuzzy, but I think that more or less represents yeah. pretty much yeah. the great stuff we talk about. I there's some fun numbers here. The most talked about platform individually, PS5. Um, uh, let's see if I have any other ones that I didn't talk about that are fun. Oberdin actually got talked about a lot, but it wasn't a series; just as an individual game, it got talked about a lot. Miles Morales Control Control got a lot of talk, both positive and negative. Um, <laughs> Disco Elysium Fire. Fire Emblem, Atelier, 
Sekiro. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we've talked about. Yeah. Sayonara, Wild Hearts. The MCU. Um, we've made a lot of jokes about CPU priority over the years. Uh, yeah. We had It's a Sony come up at least a couple dozen times. <laughs> oh, I uh, still think about that all the time. <laughs> I, I have to say, yeah. like, I will be seeing a Sony thing and I'll be like, it's a Sony. <laughs> yeah. So, happy 200, y'all. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Excited for at least hopefully 220 20. more yep after that we, we, we gotta stop. do it we gotta make it and there after at that least. We, yep after that we cut it off no more <laughs> just cut <laughs> off dead turkey or what a cold turkey they call it right yeah dead <laughs> dead, dead <laughs> turkey we're gonna kill the turkey we're gonna dead this turkey we're gonna dead yeah. turkey yeah podcast <laughs> uh all right that's all i got <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's more no. we could talk about, but <laughs> I, 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 you know, that was that was a fun a fun walk down memory lane. Uh, thinking about some of those old episodes, some of those old games. Every so often, I will Gelato. just be sitting around and think, "Remember that a dump in the dark exists?" Like, I will just yeah. be sitting around in my apartment, going, "Like, oh yeah." I had that uh, installed last year. <laughs> the other thing that uh, the other name that I. I remember we talked about it in a very, very early episode is the phrase is the game title bloody walls. Oh yeah. And for some reason I'll just be sitting around being like, remember there's a game called bloody walls. There was also a bloody like, boobs, okay. which I believe we talked about. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of our old, I gotta say some of our old podcast titles, I'm still pretty proud of. Like, Oh, there, I'm proud of really a lot funny of them. Ones. Um, I have to go back a little bit. I don't have those open right now, but like we had some really clever ones that I think were really funny. But we can carry on if we All want. Right, I, so we I can don't go have them to available. The news. Oh. <laughs> Andre pulls 12 boys out of his butt. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it's uh, so, just Tuesday. Yeah. So, news. We have a short type. Um, Short news going around just because we were going to, yeah. uh, we knew Alex had some plans for uh, episode 200, although we didn't know what they were. Um, n- number one on the list is that Epic acquired Harmonix. Yeah. Uh, they went, so, like I said in the news article here, they <laughs> went to really all good. the good, all the Goodwills and Salvation Armies in the world, bought up all the plastic instruments they could, and then somehow ended up with Harmonix. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's, it'll be interesting to see if that, uh, what that, does um i don't well, know because so <laughs> we know it's doing is they've they in the article about it the press release or whatever it was they're gonna make yeah. stuff for Fortnite. yep <laughs> they're making yeah, rhythmic oh. gaming experiences for Fortnite, and probably for like concerts and stuff like that'd be yeah. I, they've done a lot of concerts and stuff they in have there, done a lot of and it would be kind of cool if you could get like a legit rhythm game maker to incorporate some you know some rhythm game elements into those sure yeah yeah that'd be that'd be that'd be neat (laughs) that could be cool but it's also kind of sad because but then again what happened to friggin uh rhythm games no one cares about rhythm games anymore it's unfortunate but i i I, one of the things that i didn't talk about but i I have played multiple rhythm games this week yeah, I mean, um, like we, but, we do still have our Osus and like our beat Yeah, I was and, like, playing like, Groove Coaster earlier this week. Um, oh yeah, 
and, but I mean, Harmonics did Fuser, which was which I I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, and I don't know. I think I think it, I I would love more uh, rhythm games, more kind of music games, but uh, we'll. But they haven't really been doing any of the, you know, the the rock bands yeah. or anything. So um, yeah, like Got yeah. Mix, like Fuser. Um, they yeah, but yeah, just rhythm games have just fallen out of favor so much. Like in the mid two thousands. Your guitar heroes and your rock bands oh and eventually God. your DJ heroes, those were ruling the Thinking world. Thinking about uh how big uh guitar hero and rock band were for uh like parties and stuff when I was in high school, like uh it was it was fucking huge. It was like you go to somebody's house and it's like, All right, bring out the rock band or bring out the guitar hero or or something like that and Yeah. It, but, it just isn't there anymore. Yeah. Honestly, but, like if if they did not get acquired, which I guess previously they were acquired, right, by MTV, and then they kind of got themselves out of it. But um, that was kind of, while rhythm games were still relevant, I don't know how harmonics would have continued to survive otherwise. Yeah, like I like I, I enjoyed playing around with Fuser quite a bit, um, but it, I don't know how big that was, and... Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's, it's, it's hard to say. Um, I'd like them to survive because I do like rhythm games quite a bit, but, um, you know, well, we'll see what happens with, uh, harmonics and Epic and what that means, if anything, or if suddenly, uh, Fortnite is going to get a rhythm game mode and then, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. Next piece is that. Uh, the Steam sale just started, yeah. uh, and I am very much going, oh, well, I'm going to get a Steam Deck eventually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, oh, well, my Steam Deck is going to come next year, so I might as well buy some games in preparation. Sure. Saying that, like, I don't have a stupid number of games on my Steam. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Wildermyth is on sale currently. That's where I got it. Because yeah, it was on a, sale for the Steam sale. I yeah, bought a, little... a space game just now while we've been recording. Awesome. Space? Yeah, no, there's Wait, a lot of... Spa- space game or a space game? A space game. Okay. I was like, what, what, what game is... It's got a kind of generic name. That's why X. I didn't say the name. X. No, it's like Space Frontier. It's a like a space life game. It's pixel art, isometric. Uh, it's in early access. Yeah, but I'll find I mean... It. But yeah, Steam sales aren't the most important news in the world, but hey, you can get yeah. Deathloop, uh, Deathloop for fifty percent off. You, yeah, if you're listening to this now, there's a lot of game game sales right now. I know there's one going on on uh, PlayStation. Um, I think there's some That's stuff. Where I got go- the Guardians there's some, game. There's some sales going on on uh, Switch, and so there's there's quite a few game sales right now. So if you're looking for new games and uh, you okay. like me, just want to spend too much money on video games, then you know, it, it's now is a good time. The, uh, uh, the Umineko's are on sale for 50% off. The Ace Attorney trilogy is currently oh, 35% off, which is worth it. Honestly, that, that game, that, those are great games. Um, mm-hmm. honestly, those, I definitely recommend, um, picking that up if you haven't, uh, because those are great and hold up, um, in my opinion. Uh, 
Yeah. Space Haven is the game that I purchased. <laughs> oh, Space sure, Haven. sure, sure. Okay. Uh, it's not a. It's not a very uh, memorable name. No. But it looks like a cool game. No. Yeah, I might just you know kind of go through, but like I said, I'm like, oh, what if? with, but if with my Steam Deck, I'm gonna be on Steam a lot, even though I have. Uh, yeah. How many Steam games do I have? Uh. Over a thousand. Oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Let's see. Five hundred and twenty-three here. Oh, I have many thousands. I, I, I think I do. Yeah, I. I'm not kidding when I say over a thousand. Um, yeah. That's just because I. I. You know, a lot of a lot of bundles and stuff. But yeah. oh, true. Yeah, I. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, I missed my Steam account's birthday. Anyways, um, yeah, so now's a good time to pick up some games if you want to. Uh, I, I know okay. that the... 1,600. Could oh, 1,600? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah mine's, just, oh, mine's just over 1,000. Um, yeah, so I'm, which is why I'm glad I'm going to get that Steam Deck because I'm like, oh, I have, I've got a lot of games I need to, I, I need to pick up. But uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. So if you're interested in any of the games that we've been talking about for, the, for a while... You know, might want to give that a shot just because uh looks like there's some pretty good deals on Steam, right? Looking at it right now, and then also quite a few good game deals on other platforms too. So, um, and video games are pretty neat, I, I think. Uh, I think they are as well. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all the right. Part, they're all right. Uh, <laughs> it's not like some we spent four twenty eight hours talking about them. At least, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so Hitman 3 is getting new content. Looks like they added a whole roadmap of different uh, things. Yeah. Uh, looks like they've... Uh, Me too. ...adding new uh, game game modes and uh, bringing VR to PC. So looks like there's quite a bit of extra new content that they're supporting it with. So Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And apparently this game brought in just the most... Indiv- like, as an individual game, brought in the most players they've ever had. So. Yeah, they, it says here that you know they're at the milestone of fifty million players, and that it's the Just most successful awesome. Hitman game of all time. So, Which is great. You know, if you're if you're a fan of Hitman, then this is this is the time to be it because this is this is excellent. Um, yeah. So very very a, cool. It, it's great because it also basically includes the entirety of the previous two games. I I need to get into Hitman, man. Um, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, no, I've I've heard it's good. Um, and Amazon is making a Mass Effect show, which I am like yeah. praying will be good. Um, yeah, because I man, that universe is really fun, and and I, it would be very nice to see uh, a good kind of uh, show in, set in that universe because uh, I, I still need to go back and finish playing through, um, the legendary edition trilogy. Um, but just playing through what I did of, of mass effect one earlier this year, like there is just so much in that series where they just like crammed packed that full of lore. Um, yeah. So like, would you prefer a show that goes for like, like maybe it's like an anthology show of those kinds of like short stories, or would I, you prefer something that is telling like a contiguous story the whole way through? An anthology would be really fun. I think. Um, totally. But, C- but Citadel a, stories. A, 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 <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Like an anthology would be nice or, or an, 
original story. I just would really like it to be new characters because I feel like the characters in the games, um, like I don't need to hear necessarily more from them. I say, as I really love those games, but I, I, I just think that playing through one again, you get a real sense for just how much, uh, you know, breath there is to the series. Uh, and I would like to see more aspects of it than just, you know, the specific crew of of the trilogy. Bring back the Andromeda cast. Here we go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. The Andromeda cast before Damn. they left. Oh, but I like them all together. Um, but I, but no, I, I, I would just like, you know, like them to hopefully do something interesting rather than like, I, yeah. in my opinion, like the worst possible scenario would be if they like retold. Like, Let's do retold. Yeah. Retold yeah. Mass Effect, but in a narrative, in a linear fashion, um, because so much of the yeah. best fun of the games is, is that you get to make it your own. What do you think? the odds are that Shepard is in it in some capacity, be that as he <sighs> shows up high. in one, one episode or is the main character or, or well, just, I don't know. The the issue with that is, is that like, while there are Shepard models that are considered more can like more, yeah, like, you know, that to show up on the posters that, and stuff and on March, yeah. uh, if it wasn't, if it wasn't Fem Shep, I would fucking riot. I would riot, but totally reasonable. Most people play as dude step. So it's like, uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. But if they did that, it should should be Jennifer Hale. If, if it is, just, just get her to be play, play Shepard. Just get her to play any character in it. She's great. Like she's fantastic in whatever she, she does. So just get Jennifer Hale to do something, even if it's just like a side character or have, have they said, if this is going to be live action or is it going to be animated? I don't know. I don't think they've said all I've seen is just mass effect series, Amazon. Um, let's see. I, uh, if it's live action, what species are you most interested in seeing or what location, you know, uh, just what mass effect thing? Like I'd love to see some friggin' Elcors or, Oh yeah. I was what, gonna what say are, Elcors the, or Hanar. Yeah, Hanar. I was gonna say, what's Blasto again? Yeah, Hanar. Yeah, uh, Alcors are probably my my number one though, because I, I I love the Alcors and they're they're big dumbass elephant they're, they're bodies. Just, yeah, where oh I I, I oh I, yeah they're so sweet though they're they're very kind people uh, yeah there's a lot I. <laughs> I hope it's animated, but if it was live action, that'd be wild. Yeah. Um, uh, from the chat, Mass Effect pre Reaper, please. Like when the Mass Effect was invented and humanity first encountered aliens. That like would first, be cool. First contact would be pretty rad. That would be very cool because there's a lot of that interesting lore about the first contact. And considering Mass Effect 1 takes place, like not realistically yeah, that far not, afterwards like, like like basically a generation after right like like there are people who are still there who fought in the first contact war and yeah there and the like the humans are the upstart newcomers that all the other citadel races are like 
the fuck are you on? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it'd be interesting to have that first contact and be like, uh, it'd be like the Turians meet the humans that are like, what the fuck? <laughs> humans are just like, excuse me? Because yeah, having more kind of um, get used to the the various alien races and get used to just kind of the giant leap in technology that goes from that would be, would be really interesting. I I, I think that's a really totally. great idea. Um, Agreed. Thanks for that cheese. Yeah, no, that is, that is, that is rad. That's a rad idea. Um, that would be much more interesting to me than them just uh, telling the story of the first game. Cause I think it'd be it, very it, funny if they took this game that the whole like, the billing on it is it's all about your player choice and you make all these choices and then they're like and now we're just going to tell the linear storyline see that is like honestly my worst nightmare about it and I honestly don't know if I would even watch it because yeah now what what if this was their kind of version of like Bandersnatch now see Um, that could be interesting and I had that thought too is like if there's if you can make choices but that's too much TV to produce I think for something that would be as um as yeah. effects heavy as this. Yeah, and and, and the, if you wanted to t- it to be any longer than Bandersnatch, like that requires quite a bit. Whereas yeah. that was like a pretty, you know, also self-contained special. Yeah. Also, you run into the exact problem that actual Mass Effect did, where you build the diamond and you have all these choices, it eventually has to all converge again. So it's like yeah. <laughs> it'd just be running into the exact same issue all over. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I just kind of hope that they that they, um, you know, look at interesting kind of stories we haven't seen yet. Uh, I and now that you said, said the first contact, I'm like, fuck, that would be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that might be my best my best bet. If not, then like maybe like an anthology series. Kind, it, it would be really nifty. I know that that's not this is not how it's gonna go. Um. Uh, but if they, uh, uh, did, uh, the, like, like Star Wars Visions did where it's like different studios did different, like little anthology stuff that I think that'd be interesting, but yeah, that would, um, that would be interesting. Actually. You're right. I, I mean, I, I'm a fan of that for any, any kind of series with like big amounts of lore is just kind of let people play around with it which i think would be fun but i hope one episode is just like a blasto movie oh my god please please (laughs) like uh uh please just have one episode just be elcor hamlet which is just like (laughs) please that's the only thing i want oh man i forgot about the elcor hamlet yeah that those games had when they wanted to inject that weird random humor it worked it was good oh fuck yeah and that's why i'd like uh, i i want some sort of uh something like that but anyways that'd be that'd be cool anyways who knows maybe anyways, it'll be great who knows what it'll be it, it's nice to feel hopeful <laughs> I, I know i want to be i want to yeah. be hopeful i, I don't want... have any hope for <laughs> <laughs> anything mass effect related until they prove it to me <laughs> as as the uh andromeda defender stepping in uh i i want mass effect 
more Mass Effect, so we'll see. Anyways, um, I think that's all the news we have, so I think that's going to do it for episode 200 of Gaming Fix. Anybody have anything else they want to add before we, before we bounce? Didn't show up in the stats, but there was a lot of dabbing. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Pat, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at PJC plays and I guess in space. Look, look up. They look up. Look up. They say eyes up all the time in Halo Infinite multiplayer. And it's very funny. Sorry. It's a destiny thing. Anyway. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Eyes up. Look up at this Halo for me. Anyways, uh, Alex, where can people find you? Uh, probably here for at least another 420 hours. Woo! Oh, I'm so happy that worked out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Uh, you can also find us at uh, Fix Podcasts on Twitter, uh, Fix.Space, uh, and also you can email us at gaming at Fix.Space. Uh, Thank you, Jeff Davis, for the music. We really appreciate it, and uh, I think that's going to do it. Well, we don't have an Andre here to disgust us with his outro, so Uh, have have a lovely afternoon, everyone. Yes, lovely afternoon. Have a wholesome weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.